Welcome to Wednesday Comics. Brought to you by RootsOfTheSwampThing.com and Supercon 2018, Return of the Con. Keep turning those pages. Welcome to Wednesday Comics. To my left, we have Alex. Alex, how you doing? Hi, everyone. To my left this time, and to my right, we have Garrett the Sniffs himself. How you doing? I'm not even sniffing. <laughs> Fuck. You know what? I've told these guys. You know, um, I've sent this to them. You know, where Hulk's like, you know I my know secret cap? You're always I'm always sick. angry. That's me. I'm always sick. I'm allergic to South Dakota. I like that you got me to look that way. Would that be your superpower, that you're always sick, and so that you can never get sick because you're always sick? No. No. That just means means, he's more susceptible to sick. It means I'm sick sick because I'm around you sick fucks. That's why I'm sick. (laughs) I want want that written down in the journal. Uh, First minute and a half of the show. Garrett dropped an F bomb. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm going to count that as three. Uh, welcome, everybody, that we got new for Supercon once again. Uh, sorry for the language, but here we go. That's our show. I know show is explicit. I know. We just, the uh, ratio is kind of off, but. <laughs> yeah, you, you think this is all self generated. I get set up. I almost said, I just find it set up. I just find it hilarious. I won't name names, but I just find it hilarious that we all swear, but somehow this guy gets to blame. <laughs> you know what? I would take a bullet for these guys. These guys that's would just be saying. like, man, you're that's a fast bullet. You're literally you literally me in the chest. <laughs> you're literally taking the bullets for us. People are. You're like, I wonder what caliber that is. Hopefully, it's bigger. <laughs> I like how, how smart you're. That's a fast bullet, thud. Oh, kills you. Wow, I thought Gary would produce more blood with that bullet. <laughs> Speaking of bullets, somebody who's faster than the speeding bullet is Superman. And uh, somebody who loves Superman is called Grant Morrison, uh, which he talks about in Super Gods for a while. Grant Morrison talks about how, su- like, how he much he loves Superman. Uh, I think more so than Batman. I, would I say know he so. loves Batman, but he has some sort of like love for like superman. weird fetish for superman no it's it's different i think he more relates to superman than he does with batman which is why i'm bummed because when he was on action comics he was on it for like 13 issues well you know he did go through 21 but his whole three-year story arc was like rushed yeah he said that they were like hey because he wanted to do kind of like one shots right and they were like uh they kind of rushed him through it so he didn't get it really turned into a huge mess it was good for like the first that for new 52 yeah, yeah. New 52. okay um and then he wrote all, my favorite all-star superman but no. for something that garbage, something that he's really known for is Batman. His Batman run. Actually, there's an omnibus that I think recently came out or is coming out with his whole not his whole run. It's like the beginning all the way up to uh, spoilers when uh, Bruce dies. I think it's up. It has Final Crisis. It has R.I.P. It has all that. It's not a spoiler. Because Bruce doesn't die. <laughs> just disappears. Well, that's more spoilers. See, look at that. I give I get fake spoilers and then you give real spoilers. I'm just trying to be honest. Real news. Uh, recently, uh, Grant Morrison did an AMA. What does it stand for? Um, articles, Marvin article. I taught these guys what an AMA is. So he did an AMA, uh, and somebody asked him in there. It's all Silicon Valley. <laughs> somebody asked him recently on Reddit. Uh, somebody asked him recently. Uh, Read what? 
Nah, Can I get to I'm the, done. the I'm thing? Done. Dude, you may have said AMA. I don't even know what you said. <laughs> I'm just thinking about the formatting that you do at the end of like a bibliography. Somebody yeah. asked him the question about why Bruce was back, brought back so soon. He said it was a DC decision. He really wanted uh, Dick and Damien to be Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin for five years for you to be like, oh, I guess they're not bringing Bruce back. I guess uh, uh, Grayson really is a new Batman. And then boom, Bruce would come back and you would be surprised by it. That was his plan. But then DC wanted them back. I mean, obviously... Bruce, like, they get, I think in the environment now, I think they'll let him do that. I think back then, though, I think Bruce is, like, your staple. Like, right. Now, people are all up for, let's listen and ride out. Like, right now, for example, we have Doomsday Clock's been riding out for two years. Right. And so, I feel like they would be like, oh, yeah, go ahead. People are, people are more open for, like, smaller, uh, even though this wouldn't be small, but, you know, like, there's books that are stay out there. They have a smaller audience, but they let it go out there and build for a while. Or back in the day, they'd be like, oh, that's canceled. Well, what's crazy is, is there was still a decent amount of time when he was gone. Cause I remember, Oh geez. <laughs> Did we just go through the third level of the dreams? And stuff? that was, that was Batman <laughs> when he got shot with Omega. Oh I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, cause like six eighty six is the issue. It was the part two of the, uh, whatever happened to the Cape crusader and literally Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Six eighty seven did not come out until a year later. Oh, That's really? how long Batman got delayed. There was a bunch of one shots. That's what I mean. Like that, that wouldn't happen anymore. But... The market's changed since then. That was what 2007, 2008. Yeah, uh, it's very different now. I think in good and bad ways. So I think something like that wouldn't be allowed anymore. They wouldn't mm-hmm. be like, oh no, Grant's turning the story, or like uh, I think any keyword that they aren't. Yep. Or uh, in that what happened to Hick Crusader with Neil Gaiman. They wouldn't be like, oh no, Andy's doing the art. Is that the one that's got the cover of Nightwing looking at the cape and cowl? No, that's Battle for the Cow, I think. Yeah, it sounds like Battle for the Cow. Uh, the sure Cape Crusader that. one has a bunch of people on it. One of them has Alfred looking at the cow. Oh, okay. Um, but I think in, not in this day and age, they would be like, uh, somebody else is going to draw that book. Right. So it can come out faster or come out on time. Dick I, and Damien as Batman and Robin was one of the best teams. Ever. It was. But I think, like, uh, Grant's right. It should have ran out. It should have ran for a while. Yeah. Because... Even though I still do feel like that team, those two do have a relationship that is very strong. It's more like uh, it was short and strong. Like he had to make it seem a little more stronger so that it would mean more in those that short time. Or rather, as if it was a, over a long period of time, like these moments that we're getting now with the two of them would mean a lot more because you're like, dude, they ran, they ran together for five years. Yeah. Of course, they like have each other's backs. Now it's kind of like, okay, well, they were going through a time. Maybe that's why they feel like that, but... You know what I mean? It makes more sense like if you ride with somebody for five years be like, this is my partner. In the best Batmobile of all time. And one of the best the flying Batmobile. Yeah. Um, that you would be like, yeah, this is my partner, this is my brother. Question. In Batman Incorporated, is that Bruce? No. Or is that Dick? Well, it depends on what version of it you're talking about. I, I know I thought uh, Bruce well, comes around. Because I know, I know when Damien dies, it's, it's Bruce. It's, it's Batman. Bruce. So basically the gold logoed Batman is Bruce. And the traditional just black bat on the chest is Dick. Do you know the story about Batman Incorporated? Grayson. What the overall story is? No. Bruce comes back and says, hey, uh, as Bruce Wayne, he has a press conference uh, and says, by the way, this is all spoilers for Graham Morrison's This Batman is pre-New 52, though. Pre-New 52. He says that uh, Batmans are needed. I'm going to fund Batmans all around the world. Uh, I've been Batman's fun funder for all these years. So he basically comes out and says, me and Batman are working together. I've been funding him all these years. And now I'm going to fund Batmans all over the world. So for a while, Dick and Bruce are Batman. And they both just, yeah, they have different costumes. But So Bruce International, Dick, 
for Dixon Gotham. The, in Gotham yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then they have from different countries, different Batmans, where he he goes to different countries and right. finds people and be like, because okay, I know there's a you can be the Batman of this country, um, or this the city. Scorpion guy is, is the Batman from Mexico, right? Yep. Okay. Does the Native American guy actually ride a bison? Yeah, I think so. Yep. yep. Sweet. Him and his little uh, sidekick. Right. Um, that is one of the books that was pre New Fifty Two. That I am so sad that New Fifty Two ended it short. Um. I know that Grant Morrison still wrote it in the New Fifty Two, but it was it was a different pace at that point because like everything else was way, right? everything else was dying out except because Batman. They, I would they say, cut but. it so short. I think he kind of compressed it to a point where instead of it felt like that should the end of Batman Incorporated should have been the end of Batman and Robin, but right. he, that book was over already and they had Bruce back, so he put in the end of Batman Incorporated instead. Right, because there was thirteen in New Fifty Two. There was what six. happened with that cliffhanger? Which cliffhanger? All the Damians. Uh, I guess I I don't know if they really turned off. Uh, Eleven, no, ten years later, and it's like, well, every now and then, like one pops up in like a future issue. It's like Talia's like has them in some secret base somewhere. Okay, they're around. Yeah. Hmm. Gosh, I the admit, art. This is the, I have to admit this is one of those. How things do you that, not have this book? You love Frank Quietly art. How do you not have Batman Incorporated? I don't think Frank Quietly didn't even Batman Incorporated. He did thirteen. Chris oh, Chris Burnham, Burnham did. did. But did he do issue 13? I don't think so. I think it's all Chris. Chris mimics his style, though. Oh, that's right. Oh, God, that art is so good. Uh, it's one of those things that it's actually on my list to eventually get, but I just haven't gotten around to get it. The thing is now, it's good, but a lot of that stuff, like we're talking about how they had cliffhanger so good, none of this stuff pays off ever. Yeah. So it's like, uh, you kind of have to read it in the context to be like, okay, this you is... You never read time. Robin Rises, Alpha or Omega, like I told you guys to. I just asked I, you. I don't, do they show the, up again? Those clones? now that I remember, they do. They go show oh, okay. up on that. Okay, because yeah. I'm, I'm not a Damien fan. Yeah, yes. you're not. He's best written by Grant Morrison. Oh yeah, I, everybody I else admit, screws Everybody it up. else does not know how to write that character. He's just an asshole. Except actually, I like Tom King's Damien skin. Even um, Priest, I thought wrote him pretty well. Wrote Priest, pretty well. Christopher Priest wrote him pretty well too. Because he wrote him in Deathstroke. In, uh, that last year's oh. contract. Oh, also, yeah, I've heard. Well, duh. I mean, yeah. Well, people were mad. At Christopher Priest because he said that, that Damien had not been that character for a while. He had evolved and he wasn't a dick anymore. But yet, in every other comic, he's still a dick. Yes. So I don't understand no. why they got on Christopher Priest for that, but no, nobody else. So my thing is that and he most, did evolve, most of the time he is a dick. Like He should be a dick. He thinks he's the best. But the way they, most of the time they write him, he's just a dick for being a dick's sake. Here's the thing, and, and I think in the Christopher Priest run, it was it was, it was told this way, I think, is that he he uses that he's kind of a, a dick just as like a shield and you know, like underneath he actually does care whereas in those runs it actually feels like oh no like you never see that other side being like oh actually he does care and like he's this is just the face he puts on yeah and i think that's what's with grant morrison's run and by the end you could see he was getting rid of that shield and actually showing uh dick Grayson that he actually did care and that he didn't need to be the tough guy anymore right. he was like i can be your partner and let you know that i actually am scared right now i actually don't know what to do right now because he we know was raised by tally and all these people to and was told to be perfect told to be like your dad and then you show up and you're like oh i'm 12 years old <laughs> i have to go and fight these guys i'm 12 years old 12 not even 12 he just turned well, he was 10. 12 well, he was t- he's 13 yeah, now he's 13 now right but he was probably 10 11 12 yeah. I, thought was, I thought he was around 10 ish or like 8 to 10 um so now i think the thing is that maybe i'm missing because you guys you guys seem to love um grant morrison writing Dick yeah. and Damien. Right. I don't share your love for them. Again, I've read the Batman and Robin by Morrison, and it's 
it's good. What I think you need to read also is everything leading up to that. Like Batman R.I.P. Batman and Son. Batman and Son's the start of it. Yeah. And then uh, Batman Black Love, right? And then Batman. That's not the start of it. Well, it is. Yeah. For the long term with Damien. Just get that Batman omnibus I talked about. It's like 700 pages or a thousand. Run there. What does he call his case book? Isn't it the the black? Black hand. Black Love. No, it's not called that. It's called something. His case book is called something different. Look it up. The Black Book. Uh. But yeah, I mean, well, speaking about Graham Morrison, um, yeah, actually, no, that's what we're going to talk about. So he has a new show called Happy Out. Happy Out is a pretty good book. I like it. It's really short, though, but... Um, I read it yesterday. It's pretty good. New TV show out, and her TV show's good. The first episode's up free on YouTube if you want to watch it. It's on sci-fi. I heard a lot of people say, though, like, they wish it was on something where it could actually be a hard art. Like, they said it actually is pretty, um, like, there's a lot of graphic violence for sci-fi, but still they feel like it, it's holding back a little bit, but... Um, I recorded it, but I haven't watched it yet, so I'll see how it is. I record it. DVR. Nice. You know that technology? No, I, I gotta, don't have you that. You got VHS. I still have VHS tapes. Watching those every night. He says, you think that's a joke, but he actually does. Do you have a VHS I li- player? I, no, I actually I so literally you have do, the tapes I do have for VHS, literally no reason. But I, well, it's like, I don't, a part of me is... Toss the, them in the trash. Nobody needs them. Well, like, there's part of me that's like, God, that guilty thing of like, man... What if eventually these bad boys are like so retro and people are like, man, I will pay you $1,000 for that video. Yeah, Black Casebook is what it's called. Hell yeah, you can have it. Patton Oswalt is happy, though. <clears throat> Would be awesome. Oh, you haven't seen the episode? I haven't watched the first you episode just, yet. Okay, no, I just, just read, read the, the comic. Uh, Grant Morrison slowly coming back into comics. We'll see. He was recently on uh, Kim Smith's podcast. I listened to that because I love when Grant Morrison talks. Even when he had a, a documentary on Hulu. It's all about him. Uh, even in that, sometimes he talks about like doing these drugs and like becoming this like silver bean. Even in that part, I was like, this is, I'm pretty sure uh, he was just chipped out of his balls and I'm hearing about his trip. Trip, <laughs> Yeah. But still, it's fascinating. It's <laughs> Graham Morrison. Uh, I love Graham Morrison a lot. I, he's my number one favorite. I don't know. You know, I think the thing is, I don't know if I've read enough of his stuff or maybe the stuff that he does write. Um, I've never read Nameless. I haven't read Happy. Yeah. Um, you know what you should read with Doomsday Clock coming out and all this stuff is Pax Americana. That's the so one good. issue from his oh, multiversity, multiversity run. Even multiversity with uh, Dark Knights going on. So you guys should read that. Uh, it really does give a lot of background. Multiverse takes a lot of background to what's going on in uh, Black Knight, Black Knights, and then that Dark issue, Metals. Dark Knights and uh, Metal, and the uh, that issue specifically gives a lot of insight to Watchmen. So hmm. he basically is all the characters who were supposed to be in Watchmen until uh, Alan Moore decided to make his own characters in that same kind of uh, situation. So hmm. it's good. It's good. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited for when he comes on to the comic he's going to do for Dark Knights. Yeah. Um, he's but doing yeah, like literally if you're a Graham Morse man, this is kind of not saying it's the worst. Well, it kind of is the worst possible time to be a fan of his because he doesn't have a lot of content. coming. Well, he's being a he's an editor, editor for uh, Heavy Metal. And he's doing uh, graphic and yeah. stuff, and he was obviously working with Happy a lot. So I think now though, like he's, I think he's done with a few of those things. And the heavy metal thing was only for a certain amount of time. So now he's going to move on. He's like you said, he's doing the Wild Hunt, yeah, this metal tie-in thing. And then also when all that's done and these new books start coming out, like terrific stuff like that, he's working on one of those books. I forgot which one it is, but we'll see. Speaking of. Uh, Good stuff this week. We have no reviews, so if any new comics come out this week, uh, you know, 
we go don't know out, anything go out there about and check them. Check them out. I well, I read. No, I didn't read anything. I read some books. What did I read? Um, I read Green Arrow. That was good. Uh, I read um, <laughs> Super Sons Annual from last week. Yeah, amazing. It was so good. Um, can I tell you one character that's in it? Sure, Detective Chimp. I oh, totally did not yeah. expect him to be in there. I when I was flipping through it, I had seen him, and I was like, "What?" It was and Batcow was in there. Slap Batcow was in it. Titus, Streaky. I have to admit, if I told you that if Crypto? it was a, if it was a issue eleven of Hawkeye where it was just a silent issue, and it was fairly silent. Oh, you did made, read it. I didn't get it. I looked through it. Oh, you didn't get Super Sons. Parts of it were silent. Well, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I, I thought they were whining or whimpering or whatever, or talking amongst themselves. It's all in the it's eyes. Like, I don't need it. RootsoftheswampThing.com, your definitive source for all things Swamp Thing. Holland Files number two should be coming out pretty soon. If you got your pre-order in, uh, you should be expecting to see it pretty soon. So visit the world of Swamp Thing at RootsoftheswampThing.com, on Twitter at DC World Swampy, or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash RootsoftheswampThing. Speaking of good things, this week we have our top five writers and also our top five artists of 2017, not 2018, if you... Caught the last week's episode early. I did not edit in time and put 2018. I'm living in the future, baby. Telling you right I'm already now. in next year. What's coming out? I'm already in December next year because I'm making a 2018 list. But this is 2017 top five writers, top five artists. And I'm going to throw a curveball. I'm not sure if you guys expected to do artists first, but we're doing writers first because I feel like this writers? year okay. is Did we do year. artists first last year? Yeah, we did. Okay. I feel like artists, I had a harder time with artists this year because I feel like it's the year of the artists. Like there's so many, so much great art out there. Writers, I was like, I was kind of locked down. But the artists, I was like, ooh, I crossed out a couple. But also, it's kind of hard on art. There's so many art, some people's art that I like, and I'm like, do I put the whole team? Because I know that colors is part of it. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so we'll talk about that when we talk, get it artists. But uh, we'll talk about writers first. And Garrett, you guys see your phone? It's lit up. You're right there. Mm-hmm. What's your number five, top five writers of 2017? My number five is Tom King. Um you know, you guys have both kind of gotten me on Tom King, besides the Batman run <clears throat> um, with Vision. So I went back and read that this year. I know that it maybe probably doesn't count, but I'm sure an issue came out in 2017 at some point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, like his work on Batman, it was kind of like a eh, love at first, and then it kind of grew into like, wow, this guy can actually write. And then Mr. Miracle, I think, is some of the best work that he's writing right now. Um, I'm really excited to see... Like, uh, he wants to do some, what'd you say, Sergeant Rock he's thinking about doing? And that holiday special. Sergeant yeah, and a holiday Rock, special. Yeah. So, and I want to special. He's doing Swamp Thing. Oh, by the way, my number five is Tom King. Yeah. So, uh, same reasons you said. He's doing a lot of good work now. Also, that Batman thing, I think, for at least for me, I know you guys have different opinions about that, but I think for me, that first couple arc, or that first arc, actually, um, was just, like, good. Tom King. Where anybody else would be like, oh, that's pretty great. But for Tom King, I held a higher standard because of Vision and all that stuff. Yeah. And it didn't feel like Tom King's writing. It felt like good for a good Batman story, at least for me. But then when he got into the end of Bane and then what came after that, that felt like Tom King to me. Right. Especially what we're having now is like, yeah, this Brian. is like the renaissance of Tom King. For and Batman. I'm so, every single arc that comes out now and everything I hear from him now is like, he feels like he has a lockdown on what he's doing now. And he even admits that if you listen to an interview with him, that first uh, couple arcs, he felt like he didn't know what he's doing with Batman. He didn't really know where to take it if he was just supposed to, like, I mean, you come in the shoes, you got Graham Morrison ran around, and then you got Scott Snyder that ran for 50 issues, 50, 52. Oh. He did 51. Well, he probably did some one-shot annuals and stuff, too. Well, no, because of Margaret Bent. He only did 51, because 52 was uh, another James team. 
I think so. I think it was James Tenney. So you did 51 issues of that. You have Grant Morrison who did that huge run, which we just talked about at the beginning of the show. And then you have Tom King coming along. Like, how do you live up to that? Do you do what they did? Do you look back and be like, oh, I got to kind of like do it like this? Or do you go and do your own thing and try to take that risk? So that's what he kind of struggled with at the beginning. And I think actually he finally said, it was like, let me do my own thing. And I think it, it's working out well. Um, like you said, Mr. Miracle, Vision, actually a couple of issues came out this year. And it's strong this year. And we had, what was the other book you said? Oh, he's doing, yeah, doing all this stuff now. And I think he actually yeah. is at a point now where he is uh, like, hmm, what do I really want to work on? I want to work on Sergeant Rock. Let's do Sergeant Rock story. Right. I want to work on Swamp Thing. And I think, I think that comes from that being comfortable doing his own thing with Batman. He's like, oh, okay, I know how to do this now. Like for a while, like he really, I mean, with Vision, they basically came in and he's like, oh, I'm just going to tell a story about robots. It wasn't really like 100% about, 100% about Vision. Right. It was more about like, let's put these robots in, uh, you act like they're human and see if they, you know, when Vision knows how to be a robot and he knows, like, how to do that job when he tries to be human and he can't figure that out. Like, that's the one thing he can't do. So I think now he's like, oh, this is how you do superhero stuff. And so I think now he's like, okay, he's doing Oh, and that Batman uh, Emmer Fudd was really good. I didn't read that, but. Nope. That Batman go. Annual was really good that just came out last week. Yep. That was ago. good. No, last week. Yeah, it was really good. So and yeah. then I mean, if you think about his annual, where he had that uh, story about the dog, I mean, oh yeah, he went an Eisner last year for, an for that, what yep. any other person would be like, oh, I'm gonna write a Christmas story, and they would just write what like a one off thing that's like supposed to be just fun. Tom King writes an Eisner one story, be like, oh, here's that DC, basically special. Marley and me for Batman. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if he, he his Batman books on a lot of top ten lists this year for best comic. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's nominated for an Eisner for anything, My, Mr. Miracle, Batman, or his uh, one shots he does in the special. So yeah. uh, we'll see. But Tom King's my number five. Is your five? Yep. Tom King's good. My number five is Rick Remender. I, I usually he's higher on my list cause I love him so much, but I've actually found that like his, um, his black science is, it's good, but it's not, it's not as strong as it started out. Yeah. I still believe his uh, team up with Wes Craig, Wes Craig on deadly class is pretty amazing. Uh, he's my four. Rick he's not my number four, too. Okay, perfect. Rick so we're around the same so, area. I think he's a great writer, but... But actually, it is just that one book. In all honesty, right now, it's... It used only, to be more. Yeah. But yeah. I think he's, you're he's, right. You know, yeah. when he was doing Tokyo Ghost, even his Black Science really was amazing. But he's kind of... I don't know if it's... He's focusing more on Deadly Class, which is great, but... Yeah, I'm he's feeling, not putting out as much content, yeah. which is okay, like you said, if we're getting quality in all those books that we're currently reading. But I feel like... Rick Remender's a guy that he's probably working on a project we don't even know about yet because uh, getting, not a delay, a planned break from Deadly Class. Seven to attorney. No, we're still getting it. No, we're not. We oh, about yeah, that's that. what I mean, yeah. Of course, it's been gone for two months. <laughs> I know. See, that's the thing. Is like That book has been delayed a lot, and I think it's mostly uh, opinion. Um, but also kind of like a, the story kind of kind of mixed around just because of the delays. So they had a two-issue arc, which I didn't think – they just supplanted there because like, oh, we need something to come out. Uh, with um, Black Science, it had come out for a while, and then it did. And then also, like, it was kind of like, it was weird the way the genre went with that. They went more superhero than science fiction. So it yeah. kind of got weird there also. But Deadly Class is definitely the more, most consistent. Yeah. It definitely is the most focused. It definitely is the most personal. I actually just feel like that's where his passion is right now because, like, that's Rick's story he wants to tell. And he's got it, like, he's planned it out to a T. I mean, you know that, like, whatever's coming in that book is planned. I mean, not saying that no other comics planned, but usually 
some people write like Stephen King, you know, or they'll just like have the story come to them, but he, you know, he's got it worked out. Yeah. So at least he knows that he has a huge fan base and it's not like we're all going to get screwed over because he's going to be delayed for some reason. But yeah, I just didn't think that, I mean, compared to last year, he had been bringing out so much content. We got a lot of deadly class last year. I guess I wasn't reading it then, but still. Um, also, Tokyo the Ghost. Tokyo Ghost, one of the my one of favorite favorites. graphic novels of all time. Black Science was on. Yeah, that's when we had that God World arc, and it was really great. Um, and then we were looking forward to Seven Year Journey, which actually the first arc was really great. It's but then good. The delay happened. Yeah, it is good. It just said like, where is it? But it's one of those things that honestly, those two issues of filler really did kind of take you out of the book. And then when we got back to the main story, I felt like it jumped ahead because it's like, oh, now we're behind. We got to yep. catch up. Let's just cut out all that middle ground where they're like walking to the destination. All of a sudden, they just show up. And you're like, oh, okay. I thought we were going to like see them. It's going to be the actual journey. Journey right. where you don't know if the uh, King of Whispers is like lying to him on the way there. Like you're trying to figure it out. We just get to the destination. You're like, okay. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not happening? about the journey. It's about the destination. As long as you get there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, I would say I agree with you. It's just that one book, so like I couldn't put him higher on the list. But yeah. he's still—I mean—that book is still great. Yeah, it is, and it is great. And I mean, he's a good writer. But like you said, for Black Science, he's changed his formula, which I'm not as excited about. And his Deadly Class—we're finally bringing in some characters that we've met before that everyone loves. So he's bringing back people who are like, oh man, I love Marcus. Where's Maria? I need to see him. I have to admit, I I still want a little bit more building up of our. Uh, New people. Boo. I like those new people a lot. Boo. I like them, but compared to the originals, gives a Yeah, shit. but how are you ever going to like the new people if you don't build them up? They're, they're working on it. Why, but, why are you booing them then? For because. Build, for what he said, you want to build them want up. Them you said you want up. more of that. I think there's the perfect amount of build up. Because just, you, know what? I, I know. you know that the biggest ass kicking of that school's life is coming. Oh, I get that. Oh, I know that's coming. Yeah, you can't. I mean, unless this book was going to be another like seven years. But to be fair, the, the book's not called Marcus. Yeah, it's not Marcus. It's deadly class, but we're still like focused on Marcus. Yes, but see, I don't know. Do you? Uh, this can, we're going on a tangent for a second about the deadly <laughs> class. So spoilers for deadly class. When you read that book, you focused on those two really hard. Like me and Alex talked about, like when it came back for the new class, we we're like, oh, we really like this new class. Uh, I guess I binge read it though. I read it all. That's the way true. Through. So like me and Alex were like, I actually liked, it. and we thought like this was a story going forward. So maybe that's part of it that we yeah. me and Alex made peace, being like, okay, those guys are gone yep. now. It's a new class. And I grew to love that new class in those few issues. And uh, when Marcus and uh, Maria came back, I was like, oh, cool. But I wasn't like, oh, thank God they're back. I was just like, oh, cool. Now they're part of the group. I was like, thank God they're back. <laughs> I know. That's what I mean. Like, I like maybe, the group. I don't hate them. Dumb, dumb like, question. And um, then I'll, I'll move on to my number four. If Marcus actually dies, gets decapitated, and right. there's no way coming back, would you still like the book? Of course I would. Of course I would. I had, so to read, that's the thing, I had to read seven issues of no Marcus We also Marcus thought he was dead, so like yeah. for me, I buried him. Put, yeah. put the yeah. Until his... he showed up in issue 27 and or 26. 26. 26 whatever. Whatever. Yeah. One of those Four two. Four or five issues. And he but... kicks the shit out of everybody, and then you get the reveal. It's like, yeah, it's Marcus. Holy shit, it is Marcus. Right. I was like, and Maria's wow. alive because, like, just when you start liking Maria, oh, that's right, he went to go spoilers. save her. That's right. Can I say spoilers? I know we always, I always, I have to put notes in the thing, but. Thanks for making work for me. But. I didn't do. I didn't say the spoiler. That's why I was asking. Okay. Well, when you like <laughs> well, somebody, all this is spoiler. So, okay. Well, I'm gonna then. have to do it anyways. To be all fair, right. we talk about this book almost every time all it comes right, out. We I know, but if we keep talking about people, like people need to be reading this book, and then we talk spoilers. But fine. Why they you follow these characters, and when you just when you start to like one of the characters, they die every time it happens. Like when you're like, oh, this character can't get any better. Yeah. Boom, dead. True. Like that's where you're just like, 
don't even know where my point was. Because I think but this, I admit, this book's got stakes. So you know what my number four for Ryan and Team is? Uh, Kelly Thompson. Nice. From Hawkeye. I thought about putting her on this list. I didn't quite get there because I didn't, like, again, it's kind of more of a content thing. My number me. three is Kelly Thompson. My, my, this list for me, I was kind of, I think on the same marks as Marvin was, I don't, I could have the same five every year. Right. That I want to branch, I'm trying to branch out and I was like, you know what, Kelly Thompson? Well, there's also a lot of writers that I had on my last year's list that really haven't done anything this yeah. year. Like, I don't know what happened. I guess, it, and you write, these new people have come in and I'm like, oh, I really love. They've shown up. I'm Kelly like, Thompson for a book that really, when I talk about the show, I feel like I don't uh, do service to it because I'm like, man, it's so fun. But also like, it's really like, has some serious things to it. And I really love Kate. Like, I like her characterization of Kate. Uh, but it really is like, you would have to read it to be like, oh, I see why they like this. And even like the first couple issues, you're like, oh, I love Kate now. And yep. then you're reading up two issues. What's up to 14? 13, 13 just came out. Yep. 13 just came out. Uh, so we've been with this book for a little over a year. and But yet, Kelly Thompson, who somebody I've never read before, hmm. came in and had the huge task of being like, even though I didn't like Jeff Lemire's run, you have Jeff Lemire, who's like a staple in comics. You had Matt Fraction, who also was a staple in comics. And also like a comic run that was like, was winning Eisner's. People were like, oh, it's the best thing ever. And then you have Kelly Thompson coming in, and for us at least, uh, when we were at Hawkeye, I was like, "Oh, this better be good." Like mm. that lives—that's a high bar to reach, and I feel like she's doing a great job. I tell you what, Hawkeye is never one of those characters, Marvel-wise. And I'm like, "Holy shit!" I just—I got to have that, that character. Yeah. And I remember when we got the Fraction Run, I was like, "I'm just going to give it a try." Love the book. I didn't get the all new because you mentioned, yeah, it's hit or miss. It's not very good. This is one of those, I think you and I are like, look, I want to give it a try. Well, they were trying to do a new wave of like, instead of calling her She-Hulk, it's Hulk. Yeah. Instead of like, girl Hawkeye, lady Hawkeye, whatever. It's just Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was like, oh, that's pretty cool initiative. Like, and the covers looked amazing. Like, new, fresh writing teams. Um, so, I, w- I mean, Kelly Thompson was a huge contender for this list. Maybe an honorable mention, but I don't do those. So, um, <laughs> But I did she- see she's coming out with a Gambit uh, Rogue run, and I was like, oh, Kelly Thompson's writing this? I should read this. And I'm like, but I hate those characters. Oh, really? I I see, okay, to be fair, I would get them just the fact I love Rogue. I hate and reading, if it, if it's I have to reading say, Gambit. I thought the text. same thing. I don't like Gambit at all. I yeah. like Rogue. Rogue but uh, yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, Kelly Thompson, I really like her writing. Yeah. So, like, I think for me at least, like, that's somebody who I'm like, oh, okay, they're worthy of being on top five. If I see their name, I'm like, I got to get that book. Yep. I'm going to say, it's one of those things that I've, I've at least told Marvin, I'm sure I've told you, I'm all about now who's writing the book or what's the team that whether or not I actually give it a try. Also, like, I don't really, I find that it's very hard to do humor in comics and do it well and do it at a point where it's not annoying. And I think a lot of time in the show we say, Man, this guy's not funny. He quit making these jokes like they're just annoying. I mean, for instance, uh, in Civil War, was Civil War for Doctor Strange? Is where's the uh, AutoZone? That joke. Oh, that was infamous Iron Man. Infamous Iron Man. Uh, some people, especially Bendis, I love your writing, but I don't think your comedy is anywhere. Uh, it's not. It's not. Be, on it's point. not even. It's not on point. But Kelly Thompson, even though also it's like, and usually a lot of times this also makes me a little uh, hesitant. Is this kind of she's younger, so she does a lot of slang, does a lot of. Like uh, things that I would be like, uh, this person doesn't know how kids talk. But I think Kelly Thompson knows how kids talk mm-hmm. and all her jokes. I, I like laugh every issue or at least I smile like the whole issue. I'm smiling being like, I really do like how Kate interacts and like she does care, but she's kind of like Spider-Man in a way where she's doing all these jokes to be like, I can't let myself think how dangerous this is right now or else I'm going to be freaked out. How old is Kate? generally like 20 something okay i was say 24 and you, you call you said kid and i was like i assume she's at least like 22 23 Did I say kid? 
I thought you said kid. Yeah. She writes kids. No, kids slang. Well, I guess I mean millennials kind of so. slang. So that's that Wolverine issue is the funniest one for me, just because I've read all New Wolverine, like because of all that Wolverine, like yeah. Jonathan the Wolverine yeah. joke. It was like, oh, it was on point. It was all good. That was good. I still the issue before that where she's Jessica locked Jones? in jail. Jessica Jones. Jessica really Jones' good. arc was really good yeah. too. And I wish I wish Kelly Thompson would take over for Jessica Jones yeah. after Bendis leaves. That'd be so, oh yeah. Then we talk about that. I think he and well, I don't know about he, on the show. I, I think he and I would jump on that it. book. Yeah, if it was Kelly Thompson, I would jump all over Jessica Jones and get that Whoa. book. Oh, come on, buddy. I would <laughs> get that book. Cage first. Well, because like, here's the thing. I really did want to get that Bennis run, but it was that thing again about I know that Jessica Jones is kind of quippy and kind of funny, and I was like, I know I don't like that kind of Bennis. And I mean, I used to. I don't know. I'm not, I think it's just because he's a little older now, but if it was Kelly Thompson, I'd be like, oh, okay. I know she's going to be like, it's going to at least be funny. Yeah. And probably. Because even like Kate does yeah, kind of detective work, right? But even like I'd be like, okay, well, she she, have, she's she the stumbling have, you know, detective. It's it, but it, you know what? To tell a bad detective story, or in the way where like it's this person's bad at doing a detective job, it needs to be set up well in order for all the pieces to fall in place to be like, oh, look, she's stumbling through this. It needs to be set up well. So I think she actually does a good job of setting up how she's investigating. It's just that she's so good at writing Kate and knowing that Kate uh, can't do everything like correctly that she stumbles through it, and she's like eventually at the end. Uh, it didn't work out how she wanted, but it's done. Yeah. And uh, to be fair, I think Kate just pisses people off, so they come to find her. <laughs> so she never has to do detecting. It's really great. I love that. Kelly Thompson, yeah, yeah. definitely uh, on my radar. Any book she does. Your three or my three? Your three. My three, probably because you just did your four. four. Or three. Four, <laughs> three, and then. Three and I'll end up three. Okay. When's the comics where the order doesn't matter, but we got the same people? <laughs> to be honest, well, we're all a little steps ahead. So uh, My number three is Ed Brubaker. Um, for Killer Be Killed. I know, it's probably <laughs> on your list. Ju- that's why he's number two. Um, the reason he's not <laughs> higher up, and three is like in the middle, and you guys might have him at different numbers, what have Not you. even on my list. Marvin? <clears throat> no, he's not my two, so. Oh, okay. He's his number one. <laughs> he's got to wait. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, Killer Be Killed um, has been one of the best comics that I've read this year. Um, you know, you look at like Lazarus, the Great Rucka, and things like that. Like they have great back matter, and Killer Be Killed has awesome back matter. Um, Ed Brubaker, you know, he has someone write an essay for every issue. He kind of goes over what he's really into currently. It's like it's like a newsletter every month for uh, his fans and whatnot. And they you know gave news like they're going to do a sequel to Fade Out. Um, they're going. Oh, to, they really? Yeah. Oh, see, so would help they're, if I actually read the back working, matter. Yeah, they're working on a another criminal novella. So I want to go back and get criminal. At the time, as I was getting fade out, um, did I did I give you the issues? I got them. Yeah. Um, I was trying to cut books, and I literally read the first two issues. I kind of want to go back and kick myself in the head and be like, I know you made your best friend. Happy, I remember talking about but, that at the barcade. So well. Someday I'll just get them in trade, or as they, it comes, it's a big trade now. You can just right. get the whole thing, exactly. But one of the greatest writers for crime stories, detective stories. Um, something about his writing is so detailed, but not so, not so serious that uh, like it doesn't pull me out. Yeah, like it's funny, but like the story itself, it's like watching a drama. You're just like, holy crap, that just happened. Every time I read uh, Ed Brubaker's run of not fade out. Shit, the other book he's writing now. Killer Killed. Killer Killed. He is he is so good at how he sets up the page with every left corner is where the um he makes narration. It simple. Yeah. I mean I know how to read his book from left to right, up and down. 
and I think a lot of people look at symbol comics or look at something that's not like uh, if a page is not a two page spread with like the panels all over the place and you have to be a genius to know how to read it. People look at that and right away they go, oh, that's good comics. But yeah, I mean, it is. But if you look at that, it's more flashy than what Brubaker and Sean Phillips and Elizabeth Brewster. I hate when they do that in comics. Are two page spread uh, madness. Depends on who does it. But that's the thing. There's a difference between showing people being like, oh, look how good we are at doing this. And I mean, half the time it's not for that. Half the time it is just because maybe uh, they do need a two-page spread. But like, if it's like a bunch of panels and stuff, I feel like at that point they're kind of being like, oh, let's do something flashy. Where this team uh, really does something like, oh, no, we want to be able to people to read it and like soak it in and like get invested in the story and not go to two-page spread and get sucked out for a second and be like, oh, look at this panel. They want people to be like, moving along with the story and be like in the story with and i think that subtlety is harder to do than that two-page spread yeah what's your uh number three out so my number three is brian k vaughn uh a lot of it had to do with the fact and i realized that uh issue one of saga came out in 2012 but uh papa alex here (laughs) caught up all on it and i tell you what the uh go ahead (laughs) from issue 42 has been super solid and i just i love how much how he writes and he does things so you know telling the story of um elena disposing of their dead child yeah oh, that was that, was, that was, yeah. was a hard issue to read and it was a just so well written and so well told without ever having to actually do the the surgical part of it well, I mean, it, it was all through Hazel's that, eyes. That subtlety and, thing. Yeah. It's like you could show them actually doing the procedure. You could show them like how much pain, physical pain and emotional pain it's showing on uh, the parents' faces at that time. But instead, uh, BKVs, instead he was like, you know what? Let's focus on those kids. Like she knows what's happening in that room. And she's hanging out with this like fake ghost of her future brother that's never going to happen. And uh, I think it's more emotional at that point to be like, Let's see she made friends with her brother that like isn't going to be her brother anymore. And let's see how she copes with him at that moment disappearing and her being like, okay, well, I guess I don't have a brother. No. Like <laughs> it, that issue is one of the best issues of the year. Um, what issue was it? 42? No, 42 is when she loses, when she falls on the ground. Oh, okay. It was 47. Uh, no, 48, 46, 46. That arc of issues... Uh, starting a little bit before 42 up until where it is now is uh, some of the best comics of this year. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, and, and and not to take away from Paper Girls. Paper Girls has been has been like great. It. Yeah. Um, it's good. I know I, I have my complaints that it spins, it wheel, spins its wheels. A little too much. But I do know that it will go somewhere. It's just whether or not it gets there soon. You know what? I think maybe that reads better in trade. I would it's have got to, to. It has to. There's been. So I think many, it's just because like it's pauses. so much going on, and it's hard for us to be like, hmm, "What was happening before? What's that clue from the other issue?" Yep. And so it's kind of one of those books. And I think uh, Brian Cavani still read and lost. And I think that's what Lost is, used to do. It's definitely way better to watch that show all at once than to watch it like week to week. Like when I used to watch it, sometimes there'd be like a month between an episode, and I'd be like, "What the fuck?" I don't remember anything. Yeah. So. You really have to like get invested in that. I believe that's the reason why. I hope so. I mean, I have I've to been, I've been wanting I would, to go back and so. read it all the way through. I uh, I am pretty notorious for wanting to go like, read things. I've read the uh, New Fifty Two Batman one through like twenty four. It's like holy shit, this is so good. Um, I think Paper Girls is one of those books you just got to burn through it and read it all as one. Yeah, because like right now it's sitting at a solid like seven for me, just because I just 
it's still there's so many questions yeah. not enough answers. I really like it. I just it's like uh, the art and the story and the dialogue, everything is like so well done that in terms of just the plot, I'm like giving it more. Like I keep being like, okay, I mean, I know eventually we're gonna get there to a point where I'm like, oh, okay, that's what's going on. Yeah. Um. So maybe that's the reason why. Like, if I didn't like, it, I would have dropped it right now. We're like, yeah. what are we in? Sixteen. Uh, 18. 18. Yeah. So like I would have dropped it by now. It's been almost two years. So. I just want a little more candy out of it though. Just a little bit. Yeah, it's I know what you mean, That's almost yeah. been two years. Yeah. Breaks. Yeah. I mean there's been some breaks. Yeah. yeah. But even the breaks it makes it almost two years. Then it would long. be two years, yeah. So what was that your three? That was my third. So now I gotta go number two. Two. My number two uh top five writers of twenty seventeen. My number two is Jeff Lemire. Uh for Royal City and for um A D. Well, I guess he didn't write that. He did the art. Sorry, it's not that. <laughs> he did a, uh, for Royal City, um, Jeff Lemire. Black Hammer. Black Hammer. That's the other book. Okay. Black Hammer and Royal City are two of my favorite books. Um, one of them is about superheroes trying to be human. And the other one is just some people trying uh, to get their lives back together. And they're very different books. But yet, I think Jeff does a great job at both of them. Like, there's not... <clears throat> One of them is not better than the other. I think Royal City. I mean, actually, no. Royal City a little bit. I'm say, I enjoy Royal City a little bit more. Black Hammer, though, is like more traditional kind of... Like, he's taking traditional type of comics. And then you have Royal City, which is more of a personal story, more about uh, people trying to grieve in their own way. Um, but both of them, I think, are really excellent. Like, the Royal City, like, every piece of dialogue, every situation, how it works out, so far, at least. We're at seven, eight? Eight, I think, comes out next week. Uh we're going to be on any issues of this book and there's hasn't been a situation so far. Where I was like, ah, that's fake. Like that's, that's made for the story. And, uh, I forgot what we were talking about one time, but you're, I was like, you, I was like, you realize this is a story, right? Where this doesn't feel like that. This just is like, feels like this is real life. So something happened in a situation in this book. If it felt like it was just done for the story, I'd be like, ah, that doesn't feel real. Like this book, I would like, it does hundred percent feel like these characters are real and these characters are, uh, struggling reacting to things instead of being written to react to things um and it's great every single i mean there's that so that that panel like he does see with this book it's kind of hard to separate it Uh, the other one he worked with dean orson orson yes he works with dean so it's kind of hard to see where like comics is a collaborative medium so sometimes an artist does more sometimes the writer does more and this one i know it's all jeff lemire obviously because he does everything so when something happens, when we get a panel that sits with me for more like six months now, uh, I know that's Jeff Lemire. And I know that's strong storytelling from his standpoint. So Jeff Lemire, I think, is uh, the hero of 2017. There's only one person above him just because uh, I like something about that book more. But. Hmm. My number two, I don't think I need to look. I remember. Oh, you're going to remember, huh? Um, uh, okay. Jonathan Hickman. Well, I got to save my battery power. I'm only at 2%. So. <clears throat> Dang. Um, Jonathan Hickman for me. Um, for Black Monday Murders. See, he was he was one that I didn't put on the list because yeah. because Black Monday Murders only had two issues this year. So yeah, that's not, that was my rule. <laughs> two issues at least. <laughs> I love that book so much. Really, only two issues West, this though. year. Yeah, only two issues since this December. Year. Yep. Really, but he's got East of West. I, I know that book's been okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. Black Monday Murders. Really the two issues I get always goes to the top of my reading pile. I know me and Alex do this crazy thing where we read our fa- most looking forward to at the back. Nobody does it that way. We still haven't got confirmation. To be fair, I have to admit, I don't do it as often anymore. I don't either. When I fall behind, I just got to burn through these books. But hey. like, there's those times when you're reading books and you like you put them in with all the rest, like you organize them to read them. But this one, I literally, I pull and I read right away. Yeah. I'm sorry, I hit the table. Um, But uh, 
that book is written so well. There's so many diagrams, thought going into that book. Um, I haven't read, well, I've read some of East of West, but not relevant to me, but um, yeah. Well, I was just going to say nothing against uh, Tom Coker, but I do believe what you just said. It's 100% correct. Like everything in that, in that, the diagrams, the, uh, right. All the, design. the, scri- the script and the design area and how things are set up in panels. Uh, I don't know, hundred percent, just speculation, but I believe that's Jonathan Ekman. Like that's him being yeah. like, "Okay, I'm going to put this here. I'm going to put that there." Like it's all that's his storytelling, and I think Tom Coker is just good about being like doing what he wants for that page. I mean, to be fair, there's some panels where it's all silent, and I think that's Tom's uh, work. Strong suit, yeah. But you're right, all those diagrams, all those script pages, like yeah. the choice to go, like, "Oh, let's go script here. Oh, let's do a diagram here. Let's do an email here." Mm-hmm. Like, uh, that's Think awesome. of issue three. I was going to say, issue three, when we talk Black Monday Murders, that is the only issue that always pops in my head is yeah. issue three. Still, probably one of my favorite issues from what, 2016? 2016, yeah. Like, at, at starting 2018, I'm actually going to start keeping tabs on what my favorite issue oh, was. There'll be an issue. Actually, there'll be three issues this year. The next one comes out next week, but only two have came out so far. Well, yeah. Barely made it on my list. Though. That's the only reason he would be in this list for Black Monday Murders alone. If it was but coming out more, if it was, it was more consistent. consistent. I could, I just couldn't pull the trigger on it, yeah. knowing that I had a Kelly Thompson who gave me twelve issues this year, uh, and other people like Jeff Lemire putting out two bucks this year. So. I have to admit, I, he crossed my mind. I was like, the only reason for me that he would have would have even made an appearance is a book that he wrote five years ago, and that's New Avengers and Avengers. Oh. And because I'm currently reading those right now, I was like, holy shit, these are so good. But I, his East to West has been kind of hit or miss. Like you said, it only came and out. And it's been delayed. Like, I don't know yeah. really what, what was going on. So, uh, But the, um, speaking of, you said issue three was really good with the uh, transcript. I used to do things recently. I forgot what issue was. Maybe the last issue with the emails. Yeah, where the emails I thought the emails were really well done. Mm-hmm. Like, they escalate in you being like, holy shit. Like, they get, each one gets more dreadful. And by the time you get to the end, it's like, I don't know. For me, at least reading it, like, my heart kind of sank a little bit. It was like, holy shit, like, something's going on. Yeah. I couldn't remember who the characters were, so I kind of lost it for me. But and that's that's the problem. That's that I'm the danger right of now. it. Yeah, we only had two issues this year. Is that I I'm reading this book going, oh, this book it looks great. The only reason why this works more than East to West is because they're usually longer issues yeah. when they come out. So I'm like, oh, okay. More, so you get more recap. By the time I'm halfway through, I'm like, okay, I know it's going. I remember, I remember what I was reading. <laughs> so my number two is someone you guys have already mentioned, uh, Tom King. I think my my big thing for wanting to put him on this list is that his commodity challenge issue was amazing. And on, in all honesty, it gave me the momentum to even want to finish the series. Oh, we didn't even mention that. That's a good, good that call. Is, holy shit. That, that issue, commodity's willingness to continue to fight for these people. He, he doesn't give two shits about really, but he wants to help him because that's the right thing to do. That's true. I forgot about that. Um, his kite man issues. I love those. I, you know what? I, I thought the jokes and reels was kind of it. Okay. is okay. But I love those two issues of Kite Man. Um, his issue 34 and 35 of Batman, two of my favorite issues and probably my favorite arc of his ongoing Batman uh, book. Joel Jones art. Yeah. yeah. Um, Rules of Engagement. Right. Holy Moses. I loved those two you issues. You know what? I think, yeah. I'm, I'm not to stomp on what you're saying, but I really... I, I do like Tom. Now that I see that he's like your number two, I'm like, he should be higher on my list because I really do like glow about that guy like every chance I get. I think I would switch him and Rick Renner. Like Rick would be five. I don't know why he's Tom King's number five below Rick, but. Bullshit. It's locked in before the show. <laughs> this, the, I admit, this is one of those things I, I had been working on this list for two weeks just going, I want to make sure that I don't, I don't, I don't want to. Yeah, I get that you said it was easy. You took two weeks to do it. Yeah, but it was easy because tonight I knew when I had my list made, 
I was ready to roll. No, that I know, but narrowing it down and figuring out where oh, people well, went. This is the hardest. Like, that was the hardest part. Yeah, I had I had about six six extra people on this list. Um. Anyway, Tom King, you were you were nailing books. Uh, hashtag my Batman. I want I want everyone to hear that. Hashtag Ooh, too late. That's a one eighty. Hashtag too late. Is I, it too late? He's going to do hundred issues. He's one hundred issues. He's a one third into his run. I think he's actually kind of early. I have to admit. I, I tell you what. Uh, I'll admit when you were first doing your first before 20 issues, I was like, man, this is just not my Batman. I'm feeling, yeah, I'm feeling depressed like Batman. I tell you what, seeing how much Batman loves Catwoman and to see how much she loves Batman. I mean, I cannot wait for them to get married. Whether or not they I stay would say together. hashtag Batman. I want to say hashtag my Batman. You know what I mean? You know, but I think, <laughs> he is Batman but I think the problem is I had to, I, I had to grow into this Batman because yeah. he's dealing with stuff that I've, I understand now. I'm, I'm, I've never had to land a plane. <laughs> Fuck that. You know what's uh, interesting about what you just said about him and Catwoman? That's what sold you on it. I really do feel like before, I think we talked about this recently, uh, before people that made that relationship more uh, sexual than it needed to be and more also like it didn't feel like, oh, they're just together because they need something to be together. Where now it feels like they're together because they really want to be together. Mm-hmm. Like character-wise, like those characters actually want to be together. Well, then... That it feels is, more real than before. That issue, either 34 or 35, I think it's 35, where she's fighting Talia and she goes, um, I know that he's going to pick the job. I know he's going to pick being Batman over me, but I love him. I was like, holy crap, dude. You you are nailing this book and you're at least nailing these characters together. And I think in that issue, Talia really does... They, like, he does really good characterization of Talia. Like... Selena stands toe to toe with her, and that's why she respects her at the end. Yep. It wasn't because she was just like, "Oh, you're with Bruce. Bruce picked you." Okay, no, she's like, "No, I'm gonna stand up. To, let's fight quick." You stabbed him in the back. I stabbed you. In and the back. then they're like, "Oh, hey, she's like, I like you." And yeah. that part was so badass. Well, and they made Talia seem to, he he made Talia seem like less of a monster. She actually yeah. has this human side, and she just wants. It almost sounds like she wants what's best for Bruce. You see, and that's the thing in the past, I felt like some people did play her that way to be just like 100% villain, especially the stuff she did to uh, Bruce with Amy and stuff like that, make those clones and stuff, like kind of like, uh, you know, evil villain in the background laughing. Uh, but you're right, in that issue, she felt like a real person yeah. and being like, oh, that's why she really liked Bruce. She really does like him. But she sees at this point, she's like, oh, no, you're better with him. Well, like, I'd say, and I, th- actually, thirty-four and thirty-five is what made me want to start picking issues that I'm just like I loved these issues because those are two of my favorites. Yeah, they're really twenty seventeen. A lot of good moments. Marvel, what's your number one? Uh, my number one. Um, by the way, before I get to number one, I just want to mention quickly. <laughs> oh my god! Quickly, come on! You don't have anything that you. I just want to say I no, struggled. I did a top five. I struggled with it. Oh, I need to write down. Okay. Well, then I guess you're well, going to struggle thank some more. God. Well, no, hold on, hold on. This Honorable mentions. Every other writer that writes comics. <laughs> Bendis. Oh, this kills me. He's not even ready for it. Honorable mentions. Why don't you just throw those in at the bottom of the show? Oh, here they are. Jonathan Hickman, which you talked about already. Uh, Greg Rucka, which I didn't put on this list because the one book I really liked by him, Lazarus, had one issue this year. No, one or two. Um, Lightning round. Go, go, go. Uh, the person who really... I uh, did a lot of legwork on last this uh, year that I wanted to mention was Eric Eric Trotman. Like, he wrote those issues, so I thought he really did a good job on those issues. So he was this. But my number one... Oh, by the way. Oh, my whole top five is different. I, that's why. I was looking at an old list. I was like, why was Tom King so low? Because I just wrote him down. I didn't put him in order. Here, let me run down my list real quick. Five was Kelly Thompson. Then it was Tom King. 
No, there's no way I put Rick at two. There's no way that's real. Yeah, as you're still smoking pot, so Jeff Lemire was my number or, one. So I fucked up on that. My number uh, three. We'll go back to my number three, and then you can. I fucked this whole thing up because that thing was. An so awful. who's your number one? That's not your number. It was one? Jeff Lemire. It was Jeff Lemire. That's no, why I was. What's like, your number one now? That's my fake number one, which actually is my number three. Is Ed Brubaker for mm. uh, Killer Recon? Awesome. That wasn't originally on your list. I thought. <laughs> no, he was. He was. Oh, my, was he? On the old list, he was number one, but okay. I just had written people down. Okay. That's why I was like, that's weird. I don't remember this list being like that. I rearranged that list at least twelve times. Yeah, I that's what you. I did too. Like we're so similar to whose lines it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Thompson. Uh, Rick Remender, Tom King. You said Tom King was four. I, I don't know. This I'm telling you, it was fucked up. Kelly Thompson, Rick Remender, uh, Tom King, Tom King, uh, Ed Brubaker, and then Rick uh, Jeff Lemire. Uh, Ed Brubaker, though, like in Killer Be Killed, the reason why I include him on this list, uh, and he's been killing it every single year. Last year, he did Criminal and did Fade Out, and this year with Killer Be Killed, and I think we talked about on the show is his subtlety and storytelling, this panel work. Like he doesn't need to do a two page spread. Of uh, Dylan taking out people for you to be like, oh man, that's awesome. No, he'll tell you in his six panel grid that's like just standard so that you get invested in that story and be like, uh, feel like, oh, I'm there with Dylan. I understand him as a person. And then Sean Phillips Art, like the whole thing with it, that whole team is so great that Ed can tell a story. And I feel like for him, he focuses on the dialogue, he focuses on the plot, and the way that it's told is up to his uh, art team. So, like, but that dialogue, it's some of the best dialogue in comics of the series. Like every time I read a dialogue in, in uh, Kill Be Killed, not so much the monologue in his head. That I have a little issue with. But like the dialogue from people, when people are talking, I'm like, okay, that feels real. Like when, like I said, I, we talked about it a million times on the show, I hate when exposition comes out of people's mouths instead of being like, uh, people are like, oh, hey, Alex, we're going to the comic shop today, right at 10? And you're like, yeah, like always. But like that's in a comic just to tell people, oh, they're going to contact yeah. with that. That's what that next scene's in. Instead of that, it's for him at least, and it's uh, it's magic, I think. For him, he finds a way to be like, this is bringing up naturally. And that I read that and be like, okay, I guess that would happen. Like it's not them. I don't see that and be like, okay, now that's exposition. Yeah. Instead, like that one issue where Dylan's like, oh, yeah, I got to go return my mom's car uh, out in, where she left? Queens or something like that? Sure. Out in Queens, you don't come with me. And she's like... To be uh, fair, I'm not accepting this sure, for the fact it. that this is your number three. <laughs> well, the artist will be 100% correct because I just refreshed it, but... Uh, Bullshit. Edward Baker. Okay. Good for Kill the Killed. <laughs> yeah. That makes way more sense than my last list because I was like, wow, that's weird that I put Ed Brubaker with one book I th- over Jeff Lemire with two of my favorite books. I th- I, the weird thing is I thought about <laughs> asking you because you and I should be way more on point on who we're putting Jeff on... Lemire. Number one. No, you can't have... He's not your number Everything one. Everything I said about that, him in number two, <laughs> switches to this one. Any order that Marvin just said, doesn't matter. It was already locked in. Yep. See, that's what happens when you roll in here at the last second. No, more importantly, um, more important, second, more importantly, I came prepared. More importantly, he's You're the, the one, one that who tells the us... You tell, you tell me you got to put my iPad down there. doesn't get a chance to get refreshed. He's the one who tell, tells us that uh, <laughs> five is five. What's the one rule? Four. What's the one rule Ghostbusters say? Don't cross the fucking streams. That's what I was handling with the iPad. That was a weird He always says stuff that doesn't make sense. You see my slack here? If your iPad was sitting on my cord, I won't have that much slack. I feel like half the time you make a reference that doesn't make sense. Ghostbusters, don't cross the streams. We got cords slash streams of cords. Anyway, what's your number one? What's your number one? I don't know. It's Tom Taylor. I do know. Uh, He's my number one. Sorry, that was a weird way to do it. I was just pissed off. Um, just kidding, I'm not pissed. Tom Taylor is my number one. Uh, you guys are like, ooh, gonna take a break now. Yeah, yep. um, <laughs> kind of. Tom Taylor writes Injustice. Um, 
you know, I wish more people were reading it or have been reading it. The only one I know is hashtag guest host one. Um, That's because you have the books. And would he, to be fair, would your brother read it if you didn't have them? What does that have to do with anything? But that's the only reason he reads them is that you have them. So? Lend them out to us. What about when Marvin gave you like 50 comic books to get started? Was it on his top five? <laughs> <laughs> that has nothing to do. Oh, anyway. my God. Anyway. So it's Tom Taylor. That's it. What about Wolverine? He writes Wolverine, doesn't yeah, he? he writes Wolverine. Can I say something about that series? Which one? Which series? Every week you bring uh, this uh, Injustice. Okay. Uh, one or two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> every time two. you bring it up on the forecast, every time you bring up the show, all you tell me is that it... They can do anything they want. Because I can't can spoil it. I Why don't want to spoil it. He and I don't care. No, okay. I mean, what I'll else tell is you good the next about one. this book? What's good about this book is the storytelling. It's not having... Who's what I'm dead? saying by having no rules, literally there are no rules with where this but story But I mean, is it go. all because Tom Taylor like a shock value? Is that the only reason why it's good? Or no. Is, okay, what Because else? he builds it up. You you get like your origin of your characters and... Uh, um, <laughs> And then basically you turn the page. This man had less slack the last two weeks and I didn't even complain at all. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I like how every time it gets to your number one, we actually spend more time bashing you. Basically, Good you choice. feel like nothing's going to change and then something huge happens and it makes a big point. And like, it's crazy how that series could happen. Like for Wonder Woman, her origin in the annual. Basically, like I showed you those panels of it's. Was like, that Injustice? That book. That was Injustice. Oh, wow. So all that was like building up her origin of being a, uh, like a person for the people, and then literally, um, her and Steve are trying to go get the uh, what's the lasso of truth, but what whatever the other name for it is. Her perfect. Uh, yeah, the perfect. There you go. Um, basically, when he does that, Steve kills Calliope with that bat. No, with a gun. Because he gets freaked out, kills Calliope, and Wonder Woman literally takes the lasso truth and like cinches Steve Trevor's head off because she's so pissed. That was a reference to Stranger Things too. That's awesome. Yeah. But there's a, there's been other ones like where um, Shazam is talking back to Superman when Superman's reigning the world. This is more injustice. And Superman gets so pissed off, he blows his laser beams through the back of Shazam's head. It's just crazy things like that. But, like, the storytelling no, is so dead. good. Once they're dead, they're dead, right? Right. They're okay. dead, they're dead. Um, it's it's your, like, pre-New 52 where there's... What I mean by no rules is, like, when you think of, like, Green Arrow, you think Green Arrow, Black Canary, like, they're married, whatever. Um, nowadays, probably not. But, like, back then in the Silver Age, that's kind of what was happening. Um, so, it's like that. It's like that classic DC Comics feel, but they twist it to fit, to fit this story, yeah. so... I admit I want to read it. I'm just not going to go out of my way to find it. Yeah, someday I just say check it out. It's just it's just like an Elseworlds here. Yeah. So and it's not canon, so I don't care. My uh, don't care. number one was what Marvin's actual number one should have been, but it wasn't. I was just kidding about that statement. I don't. I don't care if it's canon or not canon. Jeff Lemire is my number one. Uh, to be fair, he writes one of my favorite all time favorite books right now, Royal City. Um, there's not enough good things to say about that book. I love how he adds in the, now I've never actually listened to it, but I do think it's a cool idea that he adds in the, hey, this is what you could be listening to. This is what gives me inspiration to write this book. Um, I like the fact that it doesn't have any. The newest playlist the, has some Nine Inch Nails on it. The Tommy thing is kind of, is not necessarily supernatural. It's just a, a, a memory of their brother. Yeah. But I love just how it's just people. I love how it's just based around 
this city or this town they live in, how they all have their lives either outside of this town or they are so stuck in this town that this is where they live, this is what they do. I just, oh, man. I think it's very easy for somebody to take a situation that has normal people and like, well, nobody's going to read this. Let's make them so like there's a vampire. Let's make shape, Let's make it so that instead they're in space. You know what I mean? Add some sort of element that like it turns into a different kind of genre yeah. where Jeff Lemire is like, oh, no, let's, I don't, this is about them. And the interesting part is going to be their relationships together, how they act and how they are. Where I think I talked about for months and months and months, I was like, can we just have a book that is about something without some, like, for instance, and I, I haven't read the book, so I'm not sure if it's good or not, Moonshine. Like, I really wanted a book about prohibition and the moon, like that whole era of somebody trying to, like, smuggle Moonshine. And then they're like, but they're vampires. And I was like, okay. Werewolves. Werewolves. That was the whole point of that book, though. But I mean, that's what I mean. Why can't it just be about prohibition, though? Like, nobody would. I agree. I, agree. I think, I think for, could do I that, think, but. though, that they're like, oh, nobody's going to read a book about prohibition. Which is probably true. So then they're like, oh, let's make it have be the werewolves. And it's always that it's that pitch to be like, oh, here's this meets this. So they're like, how about prohibition meets werewolves? Yeah. Instead of being just be like, hey, how about we do a book about prohibition? And in this book, yeah, how about we do a book about a dying town and somebody comes back to that town and how he deals with something they've never gotten over. They never dealt with. They never talked about it really is the death of their brother and son. Um, yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Number one, I uh, that was I, I. I sat about it. And I was like, oh, maybe I don't want him to be my number one. But a book that I just I always come I back to doing is, yeah. is Royal City, especially and, Black, and Hammer. Is Black Hammer. Is Even great. like the mini that's going on right now is great. Like that one Sherlock issue, Frankenstein. That one issue that Sherlock Frankenstein uh, did a lot in that one issue to make me care about that robot boy. <laughs> that robot. I boy. tell you what, I'm still sad that he's in prison. I'm so sad too. <laughs> and they just announced today, by the way, I forgot what it's called, but they announced another spinoff. From Black Hammer. Is okay. it, um, what's the other one that he's coming out with? Gideon, is it Gideon Falls? Oh, yes, Gideon Falls yeah. coming out too with, uh, Sorrentino. So that's coming out pretty soon. <clears throat> Jeff Lemire. I think this is Jeff, the year of Jeff Lemire. Uh, as Garrett said a couple weeks ago, uh, he thought it was the year of Jeff, Jack Draper. I think it's the year of Jeff, uh, Jeff Lemire. Nice. That was our top five writers of, uh, 2017. We're going to do top five artists of 2017. Coming up here, I do have my list updated. I did refresh it. I logged back in, so it is up to date. Supercon 2018, the return of the con, September 28th, 29th, and 30th. Featuring guests like Tony Fleece, Shay Fontana, Science Steve, and brought to you by Wednesday Comics, Phil Hester. Phil Hester is an Eisner Award-winning comic book artist. Phil is from Iowa. He's known for his uh, runs on Nightwing, The Flash, Season Zero, Teen Titans, and many more. He's currently drawing Batman Beyond for DC and Shipwreck for Aftershock. Wednesday Comics is proud to present Phil Hester at Supercon. Go to supercon.com for more information. Uh, I will give you my number five. I'll start first since uh, Garrett went last time. My number five is uh, for a book I uh, expected to read two issues of and throw that thing in the trash, but I decided I'm still on it. John Davis Hunt for The Wild Swarm. Uh, I think some of those, that's a book that very easily could be phoned in where it could be, uh, that's a book where you don't have static panels. That's a book where I need it to be kind of a little flashy because I think this whole book is like flashy. Yeah, This whole book is cool and it really fits that story. So when we have fight scenes 
and you see small close-ups of the gun and it tells you about the gun and she looks and sees how much ammo she has like all those little touches and then she goes and kills the guy and like you know the whole fight scene is really necessary for that kind of story and uh i think john davis Hunt does a great job of that like every time i read one of those issues i'm always like man this is so fucking good mm. that art's really good um especially in those kind of scenes i was just thinking how much detail is put in for the engine it's the engineer right angela that too. Yeah. yeah how much how much detail he puts in for every bit and piece of armor that she's wearing or when it comes out of her and it starts to build on her this i tell you what that book is great and like you can tell how painful it is for her to, like they've never mentioned it but when he draws her transforming like that and you look at her face and see how much like she's Agony like bleeding she's stuff like that, then that i'm like that's david hunt david hunt is like great at those facial expressions, like I know how much pain she's in just by looking at her. Yep. And it's very hard for you in the comics to look at somebody because half the time it looks like you're like, oh, that's that's a weird face. I'll ignore that. <laughs> but in this oh, book, constipated. <laughs> but in this book, I'm like, oh, okay, that looks like it hurts. Yeah. Like, and like you say, like it comes out and there's like all this blood and uh, that's cool. The space thing was cool. Everything about this is cool. So this is my cool book of 2017. <laughs> <laughs> this is my cool book, <laughs> especially John Davis Hunt. Number five? Number five is Wes Craig, Deadly Class. Oh, um, God. I forgot about Wes Craig 100%. Didn't, yeah. I didn't forget about it. I just It's one of those things that Deadly Class is a book that we always talk about. It's like, I don't know. Right. I maybe would have done that, too. Oh, by the way, before uh, this is the, uh, I put I put uh, Fiona Staples in the moratorium. I bring it up every single year. I bring it up every time. Like, every time we review the book, I just have to be like, still killing it. <laughs> so she's in my moratorium. Okay. Like, I don't know. She might show up for you, but because this would be the first time. Fuck you. This is the first time you could ever talk about her. But for me, she's yeah. in the moratorium. This is the Fiona Staples top five list for me. <laughs> nice. Wes yeah. Craig. Wes Craig. So uh, great on Deadly Class. Um, whenever a new issue comes out, there's so much detail in the art. I think it's a great collaboration between uh, him and Rick Remender. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I really love how like Maria's drawn, Mark's drawn, the other characters. Um, there's a lot of panel work. You don't give a shit. About. There's a lot of panel work <laughs> that shows like what's happening rather than again, like you know how Ed Brubaker says he hates when dialogue explains the story. It's kind of things like that. Like Wes Craig gets a lot of the chops hey, for being speaking able of to panel push work. That one issue story along. Oh, sorry, that one issue recently where they uh, were all having sex in that hotel room. Like even like those two three pages is uh that's real great panel yeah and it like this book deals a lot with like kind of punk music and rock and roll music heavy metal music like music in general and i feel like that's what these uh his comic arcs like like when we have panels like that it does feel musical in a way like my eyes are like bouncing around i can follow it in a way where it's not like i'm thinking about following the panels i'm just like i'm rolling going through it and flowing with it especially there's been some a lot of action where uh, this might have been last year, but still, in terms of Wes Craig, he does this a lot where you'll follow something down a hallway instead of being like a normal size panel. He'll make the panel look like kind of a hallway and they'll follow through and you can like follow the person through all the panels. And that's a nice way for somebody to lead their eye rather than be like, oh, look here, look here. Yep. It's right. it's way you're like, okay, my eye naturally falls that way. And also, uh, he doesn't do the colors, but Jordan Boyd, I believe. I believe so. That uh, sounds right. Him and Wes Craig together make that book look awesome yep. like yeah, color wise okay. and everything especially that issue of mexico when they show up the even the sky it just looks beautiful i remember it was like that orange kind of color fantastic is west craig well he's gonna write a book coming up here not is he draw one. yeah i can't remember which one it is west craig um uh, rick Mender was talking about it at the end of the last issue hmm. i love his, i love the covers yeah. for oh, deadly class right 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's that the pun- I'm going to call it the Punisher cover where Maria and Marcus are just sitting on the beach, and then in the sun is the skull. Right. Um, I think it was issue thirty is the orange background where they're on their road trip. Those was, covers are so good. And then 31 was the issue where they're all on the cover. Kind of. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Right. I, that's, good. I, that's a good choice. I, I thought about it. I was like, I don't know. Yeah. But I did choose uh, Sean Murphy as my number five. Nice. And a lot of it has to do... Holy shit. I, I even forgot about... Like, I, with Sean White Murphy. Knight that just came out yeah. this week. I didn't even think about Sean Murphy. And a lot... I, um, I'm being biased. Uh, I just think how well he draws those rogues just boggles my mind. And the choices he makes for what's going on in this book currently is great. To see Batman going a little more over the edge than he normally would. To show Joker not being a psychopath. And watching uh, hashtag your Harley Quinn wanting to beat the shit out of fake Harley uh, Quinn. Hashtag actual Harley Quinn. But, uh, I'm calling her yours. Okay, that works too. <laughs> so Yeah, I wonder how many different iterations of Batman there are in the first two issues of that book i'm pretty sure it's in like close to 70 yeah like there's so many batmans all over the place i just this is one of those books that i loved when he was doing um tokyo uh, ghost no oh, tokyo ghost what's the other one that he's, he's working on doesn't matter tokyo ghost no marvel what's the other one chrononauts chrononauts i thing. loved that book and i thought it was just his spectrum of how he can draw people boggles my mind it is so good and then this year we get in this uh, white knight, and I am, I was actually apprehensive. I was like, Do I really care? Is he going to be a good writer? Who gives a shit about how the writing is great, right? But his art nails it. Sorry, getting all talk. I'm doing it on you talk with my hands. Yeah, good choice. Four. Uh, punk rock. Uh, Jesus is a book by Sean Murphy where he wrote it. It's pretty good in terms of being a good writer. I thought that was one of your right artists. I never heard of them. Um, <laughs> by the way, you brought up Chrononauts, which reminded me about Netflix, who bought Miller World. And Netflix announced, we never talked about it in the show, but Netflix announced that they're going to start making comics. And that's the reason why they bought Miller World. And I believe it's so that it's like a digital service where you can read comics through Netflix. Hmm. So like they're like Mark Miller's making original comics for Netflix. Interesting. That's cool. So that'd be cool. That's why he's off the board right now, basically. Yeah, he's uh, a little busy. Probably putting that together. My number four top artist of 2017. By the way, I was looking up Wes Craig art because uh, I can't believe I forgot him and I can't believe I forgot about Sean Murphy. That, this year, like, there's tons of artists I could have put on this list. Um, but I chose, I even forgot. By the way, like I said, uh, Dean for uh, Black's Hammer would have been, might have been on here, but I didn't choose him. Tom Coker. He only had two issues, otherwise, I would have picked him on here also. So my number four actually uh, is going to relate to somebody who you spoke before. See, here's the thing: I'm going to tr- I'm going to uh, kind of bend the rules of number four because I couldn't choose. So it's like the order. I feel like you're pulling a, a, a Garrett and I shithole game where it's like I'm not really going to. We're loosey goosey, baby. Yeah, no shit. I couldn't choose. So it's, I have a tie of three people. Well, here, yeah, right. <laughs> so I got all my honorable mentions as number four. <laughs> my number four is the Batman team. David Finch, Joel Jones, Mitch Gerretz, Clay Mann. Uh, you were right. The holy whole, shit. Hey, they're all fucking good on that book. Like, I couldn't. I was like, okay, I'm going to pick Joel Jones. Well, she only did two issues. I'm going to pick Clay Mann. Oh, he only did two issues, plus the one I can't speak. <coughs> oh, I'll pick Mitch. And I was like, oh, Mitch only did like four issues. <laughs> So I was like, it went back to my thing about only picking one or two people. I was like, well, I can't just like not put them on the list. 
Okay, well, I don't know for three. Everyone that drew Superman. <laughs> but the thing is, all artists. Here's the consistency. <laughs> here, here's, here's where I make it okay. Oh, yeah. Here's the consistency. Tom King wrote all those issues. <laughs> here's the consistency. <laughs> Tom King wrote all those issues. No, uh, Jordy Belair did the color for all those issues. So the real hero of that team is Jordy Belair. Uh, she's an artist. Jordy Belair is no matter who it is, David Finch, who are Joel Jones, or Rich Mitch Kuretz, or Clay Mann. Actually, I think Clay might do some colors. No, I booked that. No, so she's not in every book. <laughs> but uh, in a way, and I think we talked about in the show, like when it's Joel, it's like, man, that looks different than the last one. Even though, and the coloring looks like it matches Joel's coloring. When you see Mitch's, it looks like, and when you see uh, David Finch, who's somebody going in with somebody who was like, oh, Tom King, yes, oh, David Finch art. Like, I'm not, I'm really a fan of David Finch yeah. art. And then when it came out, I was like, you know what's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, and awesome. uh, maybe he's bringing his A game, or maybe it's that uh, Jordy Bl- uh, Jordy Blair. Yeah, Jordy Blair. Uh, yeah. She's the one fixing it. You know, like and and she's uh, obviously like we had a top five colorist to be the Jordy Blair <laughs> colorist. There, she's there doing, only be five she's doing seventy percent yeah. of the colors of comics it's right true. now, which is also another amazing thing is that she's doing so much work and yet never misses a beat. Like and the, she's doing Marvel. I mean, it's, it's, she's all over the board. She's doing everything right now. Cause she's doing Hawkeye. I think she said she likes to do 10 books at once. So she's like doing 10 books. And every time I see her name or something, I was like, that's going to be coloring it. I don't look kind of be like, Oh, she's stretching herself. Then I'm like, Oh no, she's, no, she still nails it. Every kicking time. ass and everything. So actually I won't make it the whole Batman team. It's story player. Boom. Okay. I like can get, that, I, that I, I accept. I can get on board with that. When you, I, get, I you say to, like, see, but I had to bring you through the woods. Threw it down the trek and we got the grandma's out to the end. I was about to hire Wolverine to hunt you down and kill you. <laughs> I know. So we like, got the grandma's out to the end. I got a, t- I got a number four. It's 12 people. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Hear me out. The DC team. Everybody at DC. Anyway, it goes to me. That's what, right. By the way, it wouldn't four? be DC. If I was picking a whole team, I'd be like the image team. Everybody at image. Uh, my number four is Chris Samney. Uh, for doing Captain America. <laughs> that, that is my number four as well. Why did I forget all these people? Because you're stupid. That's the one of the books I read this week was Captain America. But if you think about the Black Widow run. Holy um, shit. And, she, and he was somebody who I thought I wouldn't. Yeah. We were like, hey, let's do this list. The first thing that popped in my head was Chris, Chris Samney. And I didn't even think about him. Dude, I you can never use Steel Trap at all. I oh, literally... Man. Like looked up like all these books that came out this year and was like looking through like a million books and let he oh, go ahead yeah <laughs> dude that's Marvin, like me going to the comic shop part of the finding top five artists <laughs> the top five artists I can remember um, Chris Samney I mean Captain America Black Widow the ability for I mean yes Mark Wade's probably writing the script but I mean you don't know that when Chris Samney's writing silent panels. So, dude, on Black Widow, and I'm not sure about Captain, but it's probably. But on Black Widow, it was story by Chris Samney and Mark Wade. Yeah, like right. You like, especially there were some Black Widow issues where it was all art. That's Chris Samney. What about that part in Black Widow where she like jumps out of the hell carrier? Dude, amazing. I tell you what, that amazing. silent issue one of Black Widow, I know it was last year. Yeah, amazing. Issue two, great. Weeping. I mean, I tell you what, every anything that Samney touches is amazing. <laughs> And Captain America, I tell you what. Did you read this week's issue? Or? No, no. Um, I will tell you there is some sick fight choreography that Chris Samney draws, and it it flows so well. This was one, that was one of those books that tonight. <laughs> Marvin's over here crying like why? Tonight was one of those. Nights I thought about reading. And I thought, well, we're not going to talk about it. And I knew we were going to that you were going to have him too. I would have read this book so you and I could have you know why? In Marvin's face. You know why this hurts so much? Because you said Wes Craig, and I was like, I could see that, but I could live without it. 
He said Sean Murphy. I was like, I could see that too. Like he's a good artist and he might've been on this list, but I could live without that. Chris Samney would have been on his fucking list. He might've been number one on my list. Dude, he's to the state. To me, Samney is a Marvin guy. It's the Chris yeah. Samney list. <laughs> and you know, Chris Samney and Mark Wade teased me so hard because they're on Twitter having yeah. like talking about doing Superman. DC comics. Yeah. I'm like, you motherfuckers. I asked you if you would do a Superman. Book. I think what did they say when their contract runs out. Well, you didn't say that. You said, I don't know, but when, for right now, make mine Marvel is what he put. I think, I think he wrote, I have a contract. So. Oh. I think issue three, when Sam Nee draws Craven uh, the Hunter, I will probably buy two issues. One just to hang up on my wall and one to read. Or if there's a variant, there's probably If there's a variant, a variant, I'd probably pick it up too. It's probably uh, Captain America's head between his legs. Nice. <laughs> Watermelon squeeze. <laughs> I, uh, Sam Nee was one of those guys that had to be on my list. There was yeah. no way I was going to forget about him. Yeah, I mean, you can't forget one of the best artists. <laughs> but, but in all honesty, and, and not to rub it in. Really, I fucking it, picked up the issue today. <laughs> yeah, I know. It just boggles my mind. But it is, I'm, I'm being in all honesty, uh, Black Widow, an amazing run. Right. Captain America, what a team to fix this book. To give, if nothing else, to give you uh, a love for Captain. Because I got a bitter taste in my mouth from uh, Supreme Hydra, Lord Aren't they Dickweed planning to do 12 issues? Roughly, <laughs> of, I mean Chris Samney and Marvin. I think so. Yeah, when so. Marvin when Marvin was okay with talking about it, whoever my night, whoever has to pick up that slack after them is there. Yeah. it's going to be horrible. Not think, horrible, yeah. but it's going to be tough. Yeah. yeah, whoever could pick up the slack after them. Yeah, they're only doing a limited run, and after them, um, uh, unless it was like Ed Brisson, I've really Coach is taking over the writing. I know who's doing the art though. Oh, Coach who does black really right now? Yeah, he's going to do cap. Yeah. He, I saw him exploding all over. He's like on the bestseller list for his book that he just wrote. Like Black Panther is a good book. It's just slow. I'm re- I want to read it in trade. It's definitely a book that you have to like sit get with. more. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, that was my number four with Samney. Nice. Uh, I hope no other people come up in this damn list. And now he's gonna be like Three. anyone that's drawn Daredevil. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Three. Well, hopefully, if he, if, to be fair, if Marvin goes the Daredevil team, I will, I will actually punch him on the screen. Yeah, close your eyes and do it. Those three issues were horrible. My number three, um, don't do that for us this list, but uh, no, no, my number three is Nicola Scott for uh, Black Magic and oh. uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah, uh, Nicola Scott is somebody who I knew every issue Wonder Woman when it was going to come out. I was like, that's going to look great, and I'm not sure that this issue probably didn't come out this year, but. Um, there's an issue where they're in the mall. Yep. That, that was is the best issue oh, that yeah. she had. Oh, God. It was so good. And then even, but like there was uh, one of the final issues that she did was really great too, wrapping it up. But then um, there's a part where she sees everybody going back to Themyscira and she has to stay in the other side. That part I thought was really drawn great. But then also we go to Black Magic, which I think the strongest part of that book, I really like that book, but I think the strongest part is that art. Yeah. The strongest part is the way that uh, that world, there's something like gritty about that kind of art, but I don't think Nicola art art is uh, gritty. It's more kind of like smooth lines and people kind of look, uh, what's the word, like more poppy. Uh, but in that book, she definitely does, it definitely does, like she does, it scales it down a little bit. People look more real. Uh, but even like the designs of everything, like the witch kind of things or mm-hmm. like, how certain things look just for me. I'm like, Oh, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. Nicola Scott, somebody who I uh, wanted to put on my list was one of the people I put on my list. That, like you said, I was like, I don't think she's ever been on one of my list, but I had to recognize it. Like how great that she can jump from Wonder Woman, which is like this superhero story. And then also a story about witches and detectives. Yep. 
I, that's a good choice. She yeah. was one of the contenders. I thought, yeah, I like, I like her. And that's a book that doesn't have, I mean, does have a lot of written script by, you know, Rucka, but there's a lot of work that she does. I do definitely feel like work. she picks up some slack on there. Uh, that fight, not fight scene, but that gun shootout scene in the LSU, which really great too. Yeah. Oh, and then you look, you can go back to, and this is last year, but if, just to show on how great she is, if you read that first issue when that guy sets himself on fire, that's fucking amazing. I tell you what, there's something to say about at least that first that first five issue arc. There's a lot of good work from her. I feel like this this the second issue or fish second, second arc that we're on. Yeah, it's really great, but there's something some flair missing from the first five. I think Probably that's too more much of a story. Okay. I also think that we were talking about people who we see now. I'm like, oh, I got to pick up that book when she did Black Magic, and then she did Wonder Woman. Like half the reason why I got that was. Nicola Scott's going to be in that book. Yeah. And then now she's coming back in Black Magic. She's definitely somebody who I'm like, oh, Nicola Scott, I'll get that book. That's because she's got that, like you said, she's got a different a different style between Wonder Woman and Black Magic. But both, I mean, they, they do look a lot alike. Yeah. But she does have a way of just making things pop differently in different books. Well, that's the thing is that an artist could be one of two things. One, you could get an artist and be... And I actually do like his art most of the time, but Alex Ross, like when you get an Alex Ross book, especially when he does interior work, which he doesn't really do anywhere, but uh, you're like, oh, I know how that book's going to look like. Like, you know what his style looks yeah. like. You see a panel, you're like, oh, it's Alex Ross. But there's some people that can change their style to meet the storytelling where you're like, who's that? And you're like, oh, it is Nicole Scott. It does look like Nicole Scott, but I wouldn't be like, oh, that's Nicole yep. Scott. It looks scaled down. Like I said, it looks more realistic, more gritty. And with the magic kind of stuff, uh, the magic stuff more looks it looks like her real art than the actual people. Like she like makes that look more fantastical, but like that's un- not real in that universe. Yep. and which I mean, which makes sense. It makes sense. She's drawing, and that's what I mean. Like it. that's a, to be able to recognize that detail and be like, oh, the magic stuff I'll make more like my other art. Yep. Like that's a good detail to have. Number three, make my me number- cry, make me sad. Go ahead. I think it'll be okay on this one. Otto Schmidt is my number three. Oh, yeah, you're fine. I think Otto Schmidt last year was my number one. I can't remember. But uh, he was up there. I know he was up there, at least two. Um, I put him at three because literally this year, he's done some. He's done a good chunk of issues, but I think the best work he's done is on, well, it's only been on Green Arrow. But issue eight? No, there was, uh, well, issue eight is amazing. I mean, talk about that beach scene. Uh, <laughs> but, oh, I thought you said you had Green Arrow on a ray. Can you open that up, please? Um, uh the they just ended the uh hard traveling hero basically where uh green arrow <laughs> teams up with all the justice league um oh that's oh, that's, that's where he does every each issue, issue with the with a member of the justice league and uh man that is some great work like i i love when he can come in and do an arc and then you won't see him for a while which is sad but it makes you want to see his art more yeah that last issue where green arrow's working with the whole justice league I mean, Green Lantern looked amazing. Um, Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman. Like, Schmidt can just draw these characters in such a way. And you still got all your other characters drawn by him as well. But he's, he's just doing stuff. I just noticed you go throwing black shirts, so I pointed it out. Uh, um, I mentioned that earlier, that he and I could be twins. Sure. <laughs> I mean, we'd have to have the same bicep size, but you'll get there. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um, Otto Schmidt, though, I wish he was doing more than just Green Arrow. I wish he was on more series. I wish he could be helping out on, like, a, even an indie comic. I would love to see Otto Schmidt on. But I think, like, he's just getting his feet wet into mainstream comics. So I'm 
I think this is just the beginning of his career, and I definitely will be following him for a long time. I think a lot for him is it's the a lot of detail he does put into a book. So right. the one issue he does looks amazing. Right. But I think he's an artist that it takes time to get the goods. Which is why I like I kinda like the idea of like more of your like Mark Miller kind of series where you, you put out five yep. issues and instead of like having it be an ongoing, you just call that same series two. Yep. Three. Well volumes. then do do what um Mark Miller and Frank Whiteley did. Right. Did you forget that that artist, Frank Whiteley? We'd remind well, you. What? Right what did he, he didn't do anything here. Yeah, he did um, Jupiter's Legacy issue two. five. <laughs> one oh, issue. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, just, he wasn't. He was this year. But yeah, so Otto Schmidt. Otto sure. Schmidt's one of those people, like you said. Like I wish he did more work, but I think his style takes so much time for him, or he might just be super slow right. that he really can't do that much. And so it is one of those people who are like, man, that's good, but he doesn't really do anything. Just like uh, Francis Manfred, like, man, that's good, but. He'll do like five issues and be like, I'm done, guys. Like, yeah. that's my run. <laughs> or you'll get, uh, you know, people like that that you're like, man, they're so good, but they only do like five issues a year if they do five issues a year. Uh, that's why I'm looking for that landmark from him. I want him to do like an ongoing that, like, maybe it's him and somebody else. Then you get a situation where you got like a Pena who only can do five issues, but like, hey, we're going to do an ongoing, and then it gets delayed. Yep. That's true. But I, I, to be fair, you, you mentioned Francis Manipal. He was going to make an appearance on my list, but I'm still hurt by the Trinity. That Plus, he, he did what two issues this year at Trinity? Yeah, I was like, I you're not worth my time anymore. I was so I mean, excited. Anyway, yeah, I'm gonna go to my he's number done three. Some one shots, but yeah, he doesn't really. I just gotta make sure that it really is who I think it is. Okay, so my number three is like you mentioned, uh, Fiona Staples. I had burned through those 45 issues of Saga, and I love her art. I just, you know, the way that Brian Kavan mentions it, it's it's Fiona Staples, then it's BKV. He does put her first. And in all honesty, her art makes that book look so good. Does she do her own coloring? Yeah. I tell you what. She has uh, the cover. She has interiors. Yeah. The whole thing. Gus is great. Um, Frendo. I, you know, all these characters, just they look so good. And she's so... There's some characters that just surprise the shit out of me when they're revealed. And also in the back matter, PKB uh, mentioned that... Um, like all the design, like how they look and everything. He doesn't tell her anything. He's just like, Hey, make this character or like make a character. This is kind of what they're like. And then she does the whole thing. Yeah. So, and they're all, every single person in that book is, uh, designed well, but also you said very unique where I'm like, Oh, I know like this person. Like I remember them because of how they look. Mm-hmm. Is that book ending sooner? Or does it does not have plan. What? I, there's I, not a plan. <laughs> okay. I think you said there's. Well, there's a plan ending, but I believe in the last issue of the issue before that, he said uh, we still have a lot more to go. Okay. So, which is good. This book, uh, Saga in general, is a great book, and it it's is. really found its its second renaissance right now. Oh yeah. So I need to read that and trade. Fiona Staples is so good. Like every time when we used to do written reviews of the show, I've said this before in this uh, podcast, but. When, we, when I got to the part to talk about Fiona Zard, I was like, it's just it's fucking killer. I don't know what else I got to say. Like every single week I look, I read an issue or every single week, every single month when she pulls out an issue, I'm like, I can't do any better. <laughs> like if there's nothing about it that I'm like, oh, this is bad. Everything about it is perfect for the moment, perfect for that situation, perfect for that issue and perfect for that. Comment. Well, that, that's what, if you weren't going to say, that's what I was going to say. Like issue 42, her art is just. I get drawn into these characters. I get drawn into their life. I get drawn into the suffering and the struggles they're going through. Uh, 42 was hard to read. 46 was very hard to read. As you're, you're living these lives of these characters who 
They just lost their second child. Their Hazel's losing her brother that she doesn't actually get to meet. And that's kind of like when he starts fading away, it turns to this, like a silent thing where it's her telling him that story. And then she, I believe she kind of tears up yep. while she's telling the story and like kind of not looking at him because she knows that he's not going to be there when she looks back. Yep. But she knows what's going on. So it's one of those books that it's the, the story is great, but Fiona takes it a step higher and. She she lets you live these lives that these guys are having, and I even though I believe that is both their books and like that book only succeeds because they're both on it. I do believe like that is more her book though, like um, in terms of like if she left that book, I don't know if I could read it again. And there's no way she would ever leave it because it is both their books. But yeah. I'm saying hypothetically, but oh, if yeah. he left it, I'd be like hmm, somebody else could come on board, but. Even she could take it. It would be a little different, but I would still get it for her art. Yeah. But if she left, I wouldn't get it for that story. And and she's actually one of those artists that I'm glad only does the one book. She may do a cover from here from time to time, but she's the only, only does this one interior. Speaking of of 42, um, when uh, there's somebody in that book that, that dies. And when that happens, there's like three to four pages of just like black after they die. And uh, so perfect. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really love that issue. Actually, by the way, tune in uh, next week. I have a, my own top five list because you guys didn't. Uh, best is- single issues of the year because I've been keeping track. You guys haven't. But What? But they're not going to be in the right order. Don't worry. <laughs> I've been it keeping track. Ma- a single issues? Yeah. Oh, you have? Oh, yeah, right. ever since you started doing it. Oh, really? Oh, oh yeah. I, thought, I, I, to, I brought it up in the show before and you, I thought you guys didn't. To be it. fair, I can try to come up with at least three. No, I mean, I was just going to bring up like these are good issues if you yeah. want to check, check them out. But. We'll talk about it next week. Next year, next year it'll be official. Hey, what number are we on? Three, two. You're on two. Well, we hope He's it's going to be Chris Sammy. Oh, I did. Oh, I remember. Uh, Jeff Lemire for Royal. Yeah, City. that's actually and, my number two. And for AD, both of them. I think both AD looked incredible. AD is. Uh, I love Royal City. Never read it, but AD. <laughs> like, I have it. AD's an example of because it's mostly there's a lot of prose, but there's still art in the page. AD's one of those where I would read the, the prose and then I would just stare at that art for a while. Like Jeff's so good at what he does, the coloring, the uh, uh, composition of his art. And then we talk about Royal City, which I keep talking about this freaking panel that I've had in my mind for six months about Tommy uh, le- uh, above them and he's uh, leaking water above all of them at his wake. And uh, just like the pitch perfect moment of when you see that panel, you're like, this is what the comic's about. Yep. It, it, nothing encapsulates that book better than that panel. And a lot of things in that book are when you see, like you just see a panel and you're like, oh, that's like a perfect moment. Um, so the panel that comes to mind for me is the, um, it's when Patrick's standing in the water. He, the pages are in the water and it's Tommy going, you're using my life, you're using my story to tell this. That that's actually, I mean, Jeff Lemire, you're you're blowing this book out of the water writing wise, but your art is just it's its own style, it's its own thing, it's its own beast. Oh, sorry, stupid hand got in the way. <laughs> it's I don't know. It I I do feel like a lot of his writing sets up a lot of things great in that book, but that art punctuates it to a point where I'm like, that per- that's perfect, that's yep. perfect, and so you can move on. Um, even subtleties like there's a a panel where. Tommy and his mom, or Tommy's a ghost at that point, but his mom are at the dinner table and they're just sitting there and you can just see, she's like, oh, you can just tell from looking at it, you're like, she's not happy. No. And you know, like, and that's very hard. Like we talked about before, facial expressions, it's very hard to do 
in comics be like, oh, that person's sad right now. And not sad and, and to a point where you're like, are they mad they sad? You know, it's a very hard distinction, but especially with his style, it's very easy for me to look at him and be like, and the way he colors that scene to be like, oh, she's all in the dark. Like she's sitting in the dark all alone at that table. Like that's just pitch perfect. And Royal City, even though AD, I do love AD a lot. And Royal City, that whole package, the writer and the artist, perfect. Yeah. Mike John, hey, tune in next week. We'll see. I, uh, I think the thing that I really like about Royal City as well is that he draws the same character four or five different ways. You get young Tommy, you get oh, yeah. toddler yeah. Tommy, you get drinking Tommy, you get. Uh, I would assume Teen Tommy, and then you get uh, Pastor Tommy. I mean, you get these different yeah. versions of what of these, how they what the siblings or the mom and dad see him as, yeah. or what he could have been or what he what was. He yeah. And so it, it's it's that book is great, and Jeff Lemire, keep doing what you're doing. Even like that panel where uh, a little bit of spoilers where that um, what's his uh, sister's name. Tara. Tara asks for a divorce and she leaves and she's kind of like angry and then she could see that just coming to relief on her face being like, that's done with. Uh, even like that, it was like, I remember loving that, how that ended being like, perfect. Mm. Great. Uh, Jeff Lemire. The year of Jeff Lemire. Yep. Um, just bringing up AD, did you still find out what happened in issue three of that? I'm getting around to it. <laughs> okay. I'm just, I'm just curious. I know it's kind of hard since you don't know. Oh, either, buddy. But, uh, when read, you do figure you out, it. Oh, I've read it, okay. but I have no fucking clue what was happening in okay. that book. So. I uh, I own all three. Only read one, uh, page through two. Just read the comic part of it. Uh, I haven't read three. The best part of three is Jeff Lemire's art because you don't know what else is going on. So. <laughs> okay. um, my number two is Sean Murphy. Um, I know he was your what number four, five, five. five. Um, I love when you're when you have art that is so detailed that it um, gives you much more to look at. Uh, in a book, I know there's openness. You can do the same thing. But I know you guys didn't really like issue one of White Knight. But I actually loved it for the fact that I knew going into it that this was like flipping everything around that. It's kind of like a Batman's the bad guy, Joker's the hero. So the whole time when Batman's chasing the Joker, like I was kind of feeling terrified. Yeah. Like there Because he does look like Lead Dent from Tokyo Ghost yeah. where he's like, he's feral. He has one mission. I will and get you. Like he's like, you know, I don't kill, but like I'm pretty damn close to crossing that line. And how brutal he was that issue. I love the suspense that Sean Murphy can build in his art. Um the coloring work, the shadow work, all of that uh looks looks incredible. And I loved issue two with the rogues. We've mentioned that. Not only that it's the rogues, but that he put his own take on it. Yep. So like Bane, it's not necessarily like the He's got uh, the Luchador mask, but he's got added parts one. to it. Right. So and then Baby Tokyo Ghost. I mean I know it's last year, but I'm always gonna talk about it. Oh I know. That's, so that's such good art. In all honesty, I always assume that's like your um all star Superman. It's just uh, a book that you just go to because you love that book. All star Superman, but no, I'm not saying the Superman book. I'm just saying if a book I that you if like. I needed a book that was my like Like you're Twilight. on a desert island. Tokyo Ghost would be my Twilight. I would take I would take uh, Debbie's katana, slice through all the Twilight books, and then she'll just get on that stag and go like this. <laughs> Tokyo Ghost <laughs> two coming soon. Really? When? We're no, just oh god. <laughs> that Wait, that's too loud. He's okay. planning to continue. Yeah. Who knows? So. What's that to be continued? No, what what unless it's open to be yeah. continued if you wanted to. What do you got for number one? What are you? Already, my number two was is Jeff Lemire. Oh, okay. I said that out loud. 
Um, what was your, that was your number one? Oh, no, number two. two, Sean Murphy. Oh, okay. So if you have the same number one, then I will be finishing. My number one is uh, Sean Phillips for uh, Killer We Killed. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, going back to that uh, subtle storytelling, the simple storytelling that I told before. Um, best part's your favorite character, the demon. Best acting in a comic book, I believe. Uh, very like when we were talking about facial expressions. I guess this is the uh, episode of facial expressions, but uh, Sean Murphy is really good. Sean Murphy. Sean Phillips is really good. <laughs> so no show. Sean Phillips is really good, and I like I said before when I talked about the show, if like when we had to group people together, I had to talk about Betty Brewreister along with them. Like that team knows what they're that's doing. That's not a thing. I think it boggles my mind that you call her Betty. It is just a thing. Trying. I looked it up after the show. Oh, that's really that's what she goes by. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were just calling her like how Mister Calling Her Betty. Yeah, I'm gonna right call. Right. I we're on a name uh, first name basis. Yeah, she calls him Marv Dog. <laughs> M Dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> both of them together, I think, make that book not only look excellent, but like. Uh, when there's a panel recently in last issue, the issue before that, where um, Dylan's walking with what's her name? Oh, Kira. Kira down the street, and just subtly you can see the way she's looking at him, concerned. Like I don't need dialogue. I don't need her internal dialogue to say all that stuff. And when he's telling the story, and like he's kind of lying to her, and her being like, "Is she telling the truth?" I'm not sure. Like, and just from those panels alone, I'm like, that's like. Nothing more I can ask from comics yeah. or from a comic book artist than those panels right there. And uh, amazing art. I mean, Killer Be Killed, I think you, for a while we were kind of like, there's like two, one issue, two issues. There's like two or three I issues. I think it that was when, when there was a different, I mean, the change of point of view was refreshing, but I think it, like we've talked about it, oh, really? it kind of like jumped. I think it was the ones I didn't say that. we didn't. Hold on. Let me finish there, M Dog. It just jumped the narrative. So that's why when it came back, it just felt kind of weird. But I never felt like throughout that whole thing to where we are now issue. 14. 14. The art's been amazing throughout the Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, been, like, it's never it's lost. Agreed. Yeah. So uh, I think it's the best looking comic, at least the kind of style that I like. And like I said, the storytelling uh, on the market right now. And so that's why Sean Phillips and Nelson Baby Reister, uh, number one. Okay. That team, I mean, they're rolling yeah. together uh, criminal, so fade out. So basically anybody that works with that Brubaker. No, I mean, <laughs> but, but the nice thing is that, you know, th- those two are almost like a package deal. Yeah, that's like that. That's, that's just them. So. So what Marvin's do you have for number the one? No, but I want My number one is Dan Mora. Um, is that one that didn't cross your mind, Marvin? Okay. But you're okay now. He didn't cross my mind, and then he said it, and still didn't cross my mind. Okay, so. good. Yeah. Okay. Um, Dan Mora <laughs> has been doing Go Go Power Rangers, uh, which looks really good. Um, just came out with a one shot with Grant Morrison, Klaus, The Crisis of Xmasville. Um, uh, but Dan Mora, like, and he, Dan Mora has been school. doing. Uh, Dan Moore has been doing the art on Batgirl. Yeah. Um, which for the that's covers. for the covers. Yeah. So seeing those covers draws you in. I know Dan Moore is on a couple Teen Titans. Why do you always do this shit during my number one? Point, I'm just moving up to the table. Oh, man. I always like lose my train of thought because I'm looking over here at the dancing clown over here. Um, anyway. Yeah, see, I have... Dan Mora on the covers of Batgirl. Dan Mora and Teen right Titans. Drew him right over. Really crisp lines. Um, but my favorite issue of Dan Mora this year was the Megazord on the cover of Go Go Power Rangers number one. Looked absolutely amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Where it's got space. the sword here. Yeah. And he's it's like, on the moon. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it looks <clears> so good. Um, very uh, excited to see what he does 
coming up. God, I can't. He's weird. God. You say weird stuff. He's doing weird I stuff. Sh- I, I just, say weird stuff because I can't focus. I only laughed because I realized I had my uh, hand on, like, resting on my chin like this, and I was just staring at you. So Longingly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start with, like, my number fives and have that be my number one. So when this By the time happens. you get to number one, I'm tired of listening to this. One. <laughs> <laughs> so my number one is actually uh, even surprised me when I chose her. Uh, Joel Jones. Joe Jones, yeah. In all honesty, 34 and 35 of Batman may be my favorite issues of the year. Because when I when I read them, her art is just so... She draws a, a, a great fight scene. She draws this just... I don't know. Maybe it's what I think Batman needs to look like. And it's almost a weekend Batman. Because Batman has very little to do with it. She made me... I don't know. Just makes me like Catwoman way more. And it all is due to how she forms her. Yeah. Like I, I felt weird even thinking, oh man, she's just she's probably my favorite artist that I've seen. Well, I and think it's it only in the last two months. Back to uh last month. What I was saying about uh how Tank Tom, Tom Tom King was writing her. I actually do think Joelle Jones did a great job of like drawing her because it's not that over sexualized catwoman. It's this is a real lady. Like she yeah. draw her realistically rather than being like, oh this of course she's in a leather outfit. No, she's like, no, she's a real person. No. And you get that kind of dynamic with her and Bruce that, especially her Bruce, I think actually it's like it's kind of more stocky and stuff like that. He does actually look more real than before. Yeah. And the coloring is great too. Dirty black. So that was just one of those things. <laughs> I, I, I even think I was like, I don't, I, she does what, Lady Killers? Lady Killers? And I never actually read it, but the covers always looked good. I was like, oh, maybe I'd get that. I still won't. Joella Jones does? Yeah, yeah Joella Jones. Alex, you're going to go back and get those. No, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be strong. But I tell you what, uh, two of the best issues I've read Looked great. Way to go. Um, by the way, uh you you can shift my list all back and put Chris Amney in number one. No. No, I'm not it, saying it's I'm it's, not saying officially. You know, marked in. I'm just saying in your minds. Uh, it, no, in my minds, uh Edward Waker's your number one for writer. <laughs> and Sean Phillips is still your number one for right for art. So nope. Next year you can put Sam- How do you forget about Chris Samney, a guy I've been talking about longer than you two? Jamokes over here. <laughs> that from, wasn't what you're going to go. Daredevil us. to uh, Black, Black Widow. Widow and well, just as he knows, you're not a fan. <laughs> oh, he may actually cry himself to sleep tonight. <laughs> Email us your uh, top five writers <laughs> and top five artists. Wednesday Comics 605 at gmail.com. On Twitter at Wednesday Comics. Like Garrett, know what you thought? At Garat 2188. And if you want to see a tweet from Chris Sam, because I'm a fan, he actually tweeted me and said something to me. Uh, no, he didn't. <laughs> yes, he at, did. He said, make my Marvel. I thought Mark Wade did. No, that was Chris Sam. At Alex Pastrello on Twitter and at Marvin underscore Sagwaro on Twitter. Facebook.com slash Wednesday Comics Podcast. You can find us there and um, find us on YouTube. Also, search for Wednesday Comics and subscribe to the video. Get the video. They have some exclusive video on there. Also, the gauntlet every week with these two uh, uh, black shirts, so they can be on there, and they'll show you how to get your uh, gems of the week. Except next week, Mike ride solo. And you can ride solo. I mean, they're gonna ride solo. Or if I get enough uh, fan outcry, I might bring a hashtag guest host one out into the public eye. Let us know. Uh, this will be out before that, so let us know if you want to see uh, the twins, uh, Garrett. Whoa. Shane. Garrett show you, you see Garrett and hashtag guest also. Now, when you guys together, you get grouped together. I know you love that, so you can call us the Wonder Twins. Uh, nice. <laughs> you show your six books, and Gary show, I mean, uh, Corey show his one book. 
Uh, that's going to be his one gem. Hey, he'll may call him Vision instead and put it in his head. Um, I'll rip it off at the end. Call us on our voicemail line, uh, 605-215-1849. Uh, we're doing our best series of the year next year. So next 605 week. next oh next year. <laughs> we're doing yeah. next well, year. We are doing it next year. So <laughs> next week. So please give us a call. 605-215-1849. Leave a voicemail with what you think is the best series of the year. Uh we'll play in the show. We'll talk about it. I already got some voicemails in there. So we'll get some people talking and uh uh we'll t- that'll be actually our free talk for next week. We'll talk about your books. We'll uh listen to them on the show and we'll talk about them. Uh book club, Garrett? Uh, Wednesday Comics Leave Extraordinary Gentle People proudly presents The Other Side, written by uh, Jason Aaron with art by uh, Dave Stewart. Who didn't make Cameron the appearance Stewart. This, Cameron Stewart. this year? Jason Aaron, no. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, contrary to proper belief, uh, we announced this book first review. Um, the one issue of Southern Masters was good, though. <laughs> it was good. I keep, and you know what? The, the weird thing issue. is, we talked about it. It's like, oh, those next three issues coming out on time. But don't forget, January 5th is coming up quicker than you think. I know that you think Christmas is all just lay back, eat a bunch of naughty stuff. I'm trying, I was trying to make a Christmas I, thing dude, and just didn't go anywhere. You mean calorically? Whoa. Metachlorians? <laughs> oh, uh, oh, oh, calories. Yeah, caloric. Caloric. I don't know if caloric is really yeah, a that's word. a word. There's a guy, go to the gym and talk to him. <laughs> um, not a nutritionist. Big difference. They're uh, Chris Samney hater. Uh, <laughs> find us on Twitter, Facebook, and our email and that voicemail line. Send us in. What do you think of the book? Uh, any questions about the book? Other side by uh, Jason Aaron. We'll include that in our book club show. By the way, I want all of our listeners and the viewers to see. There literally may be a civil war between these two. Uh, Samney hater. <laughs> Well, Samney I mean, lover. I love Chris just, Samney. I I've loved him missed. for years. Like, I try to pick up the slack because you guys fought in the forecast and now we're in real life and I see why you're fighting with him. <laughs> uh, Chris Samney can only love one of us. Rootsofthesswampthing.com. <laughs> Go there for all your Swamp Thing news. Uh, he's going to be in the winter special. He's in that holiday special. Uh, learn about uh, Swamp Thing before he breaks. I tell you, this guy is going to break out big, this Swamp Thing. Oh, I'll I let know. you know. I know. So before he breaks out big, make sure you know about him. And that's Rootsofthesswampthing.com. Also, Holland Files... Uh, uh, number two coming out pretty soon here. Uh, I believe pre-orders are done, so you're not going to be able to pre-order anymore. But go on, there's some news about it. Maybe get on board for number three when that comes out. Supercon 2018, Return of the Con. Yeah, we're going to be there. It's going to be September 28th, 29th, and uh, 30th. On the 28th, Friday night, uh, Wednesday Comics is doing a live show. First ever. Uh, during uh, the uh, Supercon After Dark, so make sure you get your, go to Supercon.com for more information. I don't think tickets are available yet, but when they are, we'll let you know. Buy tickets, show up for the Wednesday Comics uh, podcast show. Uh, it won't be that long. I mean, that title won't be that long. Oh, I was oh, like, that show. Oh. So that show could be... In Marvin's Dreams, You can see long. this hostility. You can see this and animosity. We're we talking about the guy that we bring in? In real life, Phil Hester. Yes. We're bringing to Supercon 2018. Uh, during the day of those shows, you can meet us at our booth, meet Phil Hester at our booth uh, in the and ask him about his book, Shipwrecked. You can ask him about Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond, he'll yeah. be on this year. And uh, if you want to talk about past stuff, he's like roots of swampthing.com. Like I said, he's been on Swamp Thing, Green Arrow. By the way, yep. he actually, I saw he did a Green Arrow recently. That's what I was asking before the show. Before the show. I think so. Uh, I saw a panel that he did Green Arrow recently. Looks great. Him and uh, Kevin Smith did uh, run back in the day. Well, that's the one where Onomatopoeia, he created yep. him. That would be a cool issue to have yep. him sign. So, supercon.com, get more. It's follow those social medias, their Facebook and Twitter, 
to get the news as quickly as we do and uh, find out more about Supercon 2018, Return of the Con at supercon.com. You know um, now that, now that this is, we're closer and closer to that top five series of 28, 2017. I'm going to say 18 again. I'm already in the future, baby. That's why. That's what's happening. Um, make sure to call us. It's going to be a community show up front, and then you're going to get us telling you what we think is the best book. What's it going to be? Is it going to be Justice League with Brian Hitch? Who knows? Probably. Is it going to be... Uh, what else? I like how you're trying to come up with a fake book. <laughs> is it going to be... Is Marvel going to bring up Deathstroke? Who knows? Maybe possibility. You, you know, know what? I, I Just wanna... realized I forgot about Christopher Priest for that list. Uh, go ahead. Cut your oh dumb shit. God. <laughs> God. I just want to make a, a shout out to uh, Fabak, who did all the covers for... Um, the metal? The, yeah, the Batman. Yep. Makes oh, you right. miss him being on a book so yeah. bad. When he did that detective He's run on for DC, DC too. Yeah. He's oh, doing so the winter good. special for Swamp Thing, so... Yeah, that'll be great. Cool. Art, that'll be so. the bi- yeah the best interior art. Probably. I forgot what his first name was. Jason. 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 I knew it was... I thought John passed my brain. I don't think that's it. You know who we always remember? Jason, number one. Well, actually, my number four, but still. Anyway, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm going to drink myself asleep. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. I mean, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. <laughs> I got to make up for this somehow. So uh, it may honestly be the biggest burn is that the character, the the artist that you've talked about the most in the last four years is Chris Samney. You know what? That's like a par- it's and like it bringing my, a kid to a park and forgetting him when you go. It was home. my <laughs> gloating that if the Daredevil they made Gary pick it up and then we all got back what up because of it and then here I am, day of the show. That's why we're getting captain. I literally <laughs> picked up that book in my hands today and looked at it like oh it's so I've good. I've been Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been Gary. I'm weed. sorry, I'm on the wrong side of Marvin. He usually says something that I don't know. Actually, it is. No, me. it is you. I, then, it, it, yeah, so you fucked up. Yeah, that's me. Sorry. So uh, redo. I've we been, got depressed, Marvin, because Chris Amity doesn't like him. I've been he the fuck like up, him. Alex. And I'm the guy who's always on point, Garrett. Hey, everyone. Keep turning those pages. You hear that, Marvin? What could that be? <laughs> oh, we got it, buddy, and we're not giving it back, man. We're holding it for ransom. You better hope you see us in 2018 sometime. And guess who this is? <laughs> it's the whole comic book book crew. Oh, Marvin, Marvin, Marvin. So the best thing that we've gotten comic-wise this year is The Ringer. <laughs> the Ringer is by far my favorite comic of 2017. This is from a comic book look. I can. I just love the ring of it, the platinum levels of it, the fact that Marvin does not have it, and uh, you know it's ringing in there and independently published. So that's really cool too. I would yeah. like to support my independent creator. Did you say we're ringing in the new year? Oh, we definitely. are definitely ringing in the new year. <laughs> All right, Wednesday comics. Stuck on that. Peace. We're out of here. Praise.